0: Does have it all. All of our pre owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128 point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties a two year 100,000 mile powertrain warranty, and a 30 day 1,000 mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com.
1: I think we'll get the best player in the draft, to be quite honest with you.
0: With the fourth pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida.
2: What a play by Richardson. A ball (laughs) fake to keep it alive. And he's got a man alone in the back of the end zone. In Quavion Frazier's. Are you kidding me? Uh, I'm going to bring energy. I'm going to bring hard work. God willing, I'm going to bring a Super Bowl. Richardson. Got the edge and has gone off.
0: They're looking at his shoe bottoms. Deuces, touchdown.
2: You know, I was extremely emotional. They called me before the drive and kind of let me know if things were the favor in their way, they were going to pick me up. Once I, once I seen them, on. the fourth pick was up, you know, I kind of had that feeling that they were going to you know, give me the call. They gave me the call-in. I celebrated with my family and just tears just started rolling
1: out. We spent an entire day with him down at Florida. We actually worked him out. I know there were some comments made that other teams went and worked out and got to see more, but I think when we went and worked him out, we got to see a lot because we got to put him through drills with just us. And then we brought him into the building and spent another full day with him. You know, I give our scouts credit now. You know, Morocco Brown went in and like back in August, I'm getting these text messages from Morocco. He's at Florida practice going, you should see the show that I'm watching on this practice field right now. So we had some awareness of, you know, who he was and where he was, you know, what his talent level was a while ago.
3: It definitely helps. I mean, when a guy can run and add that element to your offense, I mean, it's a, it's a big plus. It puts stress on defenses, and obviously he has that capability. But I, I, I just wouldn't sleep on his throwing ability either. I mean, he that ball comes out pretty now. He can spin it. He's got a huge arm, and he's makes some huge plays in the pass game. So we're excited to work with him. What's going on, everybody? Brian, no, Jimmy Cook with you here today. I, I'll tell you what—lots of storylines last night here. At Jay Cook, and one, one was the draft day tumble of Hendon Hooker. My goodness, I thought Hendon Hooker was going to go way sooner than he did. He's still on the board. Shocker, right? Pretty, uh, pretty surprising over there. No, Will is still on the board. I guess the. The Steelers are fielding a bunch of calls. They have the first pick in the second round. So we'll see where Will the Thrill goes. But that's, you know, that's small potatoes here in Indianapolis today. It's all about Anthony Richardson. You know, Jay Cook, before I, I give you the floor here, let me uh, let me bust off the list of uh, positives with this, this uh, selection by the Colts over here, right? The Colts, they take Anthony Richardson. And I have, you know, I want to start off on the right note jay cook you know yeah let's start with positivity over here right sure so on my list of positives i like that the colts didn't trade up to get anthony richardson right that's a positive sure like yep okay that's the list that's what i have for you (laughs) that's the list of positives right now I, i do like that what anthony richardson said i know it's on the stage after he got drafted and what are you going to say that really screws it up? But I do really like that he said, the journey starts now. I really do like that because there are some players that act like getting drafted is the destination. You know what I mean? Like, this is for all the hard work, all the blood, sweat, and tears that went into this. And and, and they treat it more like a destination. I like that he said, the journey starts now. I really do like that about Anthony Richardson. And uh, man, no leaks whatsoever. In the Colts organization, you talk about if you're at the poker table playing against Chris Ballard, I don't think he's going to have any tells. I don't know if he's going to breathe at the, at the poker table to get a read on that guy, but we didn't know anything about what the Colts were going to do, and uh, I think it's a credit to them. Do you ever watch poker on TV, Jimmy? Sure. Do you ever remember a fossil man at the, uh, the poker table? He wore like these... Glasses. They were kind of like orange glasses. And, yeah, it
4: looked like they had like weird like lizard eyes or something yeah, on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he yeah.
3: just looked like he was yep. sort of dead at the poker table. Yeah. And, and in a good way, right? You don't want to have any tells. I would anticipate that being Chris Ballard at the poker table. Just no tells. And that's impressive, you know, that you don't have leaks. It was basically leaked that CJ Stroud was going to be the number two overall pick. With the yep. draft odds, the way they fluctuated, the gambling odds, but not the case with Indy at all.
4: And I'm glad you brought up the gambling odds. And, you know, Eddie had texted me when this happened because I was working a baseball game last night and the odds at about 745 and they got worse than this. But the last time I saw them when a massive shift to Will Levis. It was minus 6.50 at one point in time with about 15 minutes before the draft started. And you and I remember yesterday we were talking it was plus 125 for Levis plus 100 for Richardson. They were trading back and forth. And then you see this late just massive shift Mm -hmm. on Levis. So not only was there no leaks but if anything the way the wind went with Vegas was if you were still a Richardson believer and trying to live bet or or do something close to a live bet you could have gotten great odds on Anthony Richardson if you did that. Uh, I did not do that. And to the Aspect, though, of the floor for me, I'm thrilled. I I Mm -hmm. am because the upside of his athleticism, just his ability to kind of do a little bit of everything. And I know the passing and the accuracy aspect of it, like isn't you, you and I have debated that back and forth, like how much of it is the receivers, how much of it is him, how much of it is fixable. That's going to be the biggest question mark for him moving forward. And I know tongue in cheek, it's a big deal for a quarterback, but still the numbers that he put up in those 13 starts and his ability to threaten defenses both ways, I think he's the highest. And everybody said this as well, the highest upside pick of the quarterbacks available. There's no guarantee he makes that. But if you're a Colts fan that's pondering what the Anthony Richardson era is going to look like. I tweeted this last night with Jonathan Taylor out there with the receiving core they currently have plus what they'll add on in this year's draft, I think it's going to be electric. I think it's going to be fun. I think it might be a roller coaster at times, hmm. but I'm I'm ultra enthusiastic and you know to a peak of I think he can be a very talented quarterback in this league at the ceiling of things and on the floor, it's a big swing. It's a big swing by Chris Ballard. We've been banging the table, asking them to do this for years and years and years. And if you're comparing the two prospects on swing alone, sure, sometimes you swing and miss. We'll see how it plays out. This was the biggest swing they could have taken, to your point, for the lowest capital giving up. They risked nothing to do it, other than their fourth overall pick. They let the board play out like we asked them to. And ultimately, I think they made the right decision last night. I really do. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) Uh, I hope I'm
3: wrong, but (laughs) it's sort of like the new age. No offense, but I hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to be honest here. I just don't see precision. I, I don't see it from Anthony Richardson. Like, not just year one. I'm saying typically throughout his NFL career. I don't anticipate a guy that's just precise throwing the football where you can anticipate He's going to be accurate today. You know, I anticipate fluctuation, like you said, a roller coaster ride yep. more times than not. Where I think there are going to be some jaw dropping, just insanely good plays being made. Where it's like, oh my gosh, how many people on the face of the earth can make a play like that? And I think it's going to be followed up with some that are like, whoa, that was air mailed. Oh man, that guy was open. You got to be more precise with the football. I think that's what we're going to see. And people are going to jump to conclusions when I say this, but it reminds me a bit in terms of throwing the football and not being precise of Carson Wentz. It really does. Just from that aspect alone. I know when you start comparing quarterbacks, the immediate reaction is to find out what's different about the guys. I'm not telling you Carson Wentz has the same athletic ability as Anthony Richardson. That's not the comparison at all. But the lack of precision – Just consistent precision. It's certainly lacking with Carson Wentz. And I think it'll be lacking with Anthony Richardson. It's at least, I'll say this, going to take some time, a year, maybe two, maybe longer, for him to really have enough reps where you can say, unequivocally, he just is not precise. You know, I want to give it a long runway. I want to be fair with this because the guy hasn't even thrown 400 passes in college. So it's going to take some time but I just don't anticipate. I don't foresee precision. When you think about the top quarterbacks and how precise they are, whether it's Mahomes and Burrow and Herbert and Josh Allen has done a lot. He's made strides leaps and bounds with his accuracy and consistency. I don't know if Anthony Richardson's ever going to get there. If you ask me today, I would say no, I don't foresee it in his NFL career.
4: To your point about the timeline, Chris Bauer addressed this last night and it is what it is with any young quarterback. If our roles were reversed here and you had your chest out a little bit today, had Will Levis been the selection, I would have been saying the same thing you are, which is that I think it is still going to take time. Even if your argument or the general population's argument as well, Levis is more ready to start right away and that's fine. But either way, there's enough inconsistencies with both their games where it's going to take time. And to your comment about how long, Josh Allen took about two years for him to really settle in to a starting quarterback role. I'm talking about recent QBs, right? I'm not saying this is Josh Allen. I'm just saying recent QBs that had struggles, that had doubts. This is how about how long it took for him. Jalen Hurts took three years. Took three years to get to the really height of his power where he's in the same conversation as one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Again, is yeah. it guaranteed that's what Anthony Richardson becomes? No, it doesn't, right? All of these quarterbacks, you and I, of the areas we've agreed, it could go one way, it could go another. Really the only surefire, like guaranteed, you could feel confident prospect in terms of what they're bringing to the table was Bryce Young, and he was, as you alluded to a number of different times, wildly undersized or a smurf, your words, not mine. (laughs) So again, an imperfect draft from that aspect where there's no guaranteed locked-in number one. We knew that the entire time. But for a timeline for Colts fans, whether it had been Levis, now that it's officially Richardson, I would say three seasons. I would say three seasons, assuming they start him right away before you really get an understanding for what he's going to be. It's going to be a roller coaster. You mentioned it. There's going to be insane highlight plays. There's going to be jump out of your seat, top 10 real moments. Guaranteed. There's also probably going to be some growing pains, as there is with any young quarterback in this National Football League. So I would sell the upside. Your concerns are valid, but this is why Shane Steichen's here. You give him the quarterback he wants that he feels will mold the best into his offense, and then he can ultimately grow into a superstar talent. Not guaranteed, but the whole one-plus-one steps they've taken so far I believe is the right fit for what Shane Steichen wants to build here in Indianapolis.
3: Well, hey, man, it uh, it's a weird comparison, but it reminds me of a former Bears player. Named Alonzo Spellman, and uh, as a kid, like you should have seen my room, uh, Jimmy is. uh, It looked like uh, you would open Sports Illustrated, (laughs) like uh, walk in. It was it was just a collage all over the place. It was all football. You know, I've been a football junkie since birth. But one of the pictures that just flashed back into my head was Alonzo Spellman, who played for the Bears at the beginning of his career. Played there for six years. Finished his career with the Dallas Cowboys. And I bring this up because he was a Greek god. He was, you'd see, like, the say, the first guy off the bus. I mean, just jacked. Just a defensive end. His muscles had muscles. You know what I mean? Like, he was a specimen. He wasn't that great of a player, but he was an athletic specimen. At had 43 NFL sacks. He wasn't a total dud, but he looked better than he played. And... I, You don't normally say that with quarterbacks, like the first off the bus. Anthony Richardson is a first off the bus type of guy. Just his build, athleticism, it is impressive. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes we get enamored with that to a fault where it's like, whoa, look at this guy. And it's like, okay, cool. But how precise is he with the football? Because I don't care what anybody says. Hey, you can run around. You can put a lot of stress on a defense with your legs. And run, that's great. I'm not against it. But you got to make your living in the NFL as a quarterback by throwing the football primarily. That's the way the rules are set up. That's the way it will always be. And so can I look at Anthony Richardson and say with great confidence, he's a guy who's going to make his living over the next decade plus primarily throwing the football with precision. I I cannot say that.
4: The reason I can, but I won't say with full confidence. And that was an important caveat you put there. I, I will, I will say with with cautious optimism and, and enough level of confidence where I'm not sounding like a guarantee guy. Like, oh yeah, he's gonna be winning the MVP in the first two years in the league. That, that's not what I'm saying here. But when I look at it, and Chris Ballard mentioned it yesterday in the post draft press conference or post first round press conference, and I already highlighted the examples. You've seen the improvement happen with fixing footwork, with fine-tuning the fundamentals, with seeing massive leaps from quarterbacks of his caliber. It's not a guarantee, but why I can see it is because I've seen it in this league happen before. I've seen it over the two examples I just mentioned with Allen and with Hertz. I've seen it with Shane Steichen in terms of what he's been able to do with Jalen Hurts over that ascension, like his real peak year happened during Steichen's tenure there. How much credit do you want to give him? That's another thing we debated is a fair point, but he was a part of it, right? He is part of that equation. So if you're a Colts fan, that's been sitting there for years waiting for something to be optimistic about at this position, you have it now. Optimism isn't worth a damn. Once you get to week one, right? You throw it all out the door. At that point, now it's, where's the growth? Where's the development? But I disagree with you because of the fact that I've seen it happen before. I've seen quarterbacks be able to be fine-tuned, improve footwork. That's always something people say about all these high-athletic, like next-level quarterbacks. that "Ah, The footwork's not great. Ah, They rely too much on their arm strength. That's going to be a problem. We've seen it be fixed. So that's why I'm hopeful. That's why I'm optimistic. I'm not making a guarantee, but this is why Shane Steichen's here. If for no other reason, he is here to be able to develop an offense and develop it around a franchise level quarterback they now have their answer there. But you're right. It's incredibly hard to make a guarantee until he actually takes a snap.
5: And you're in the AFC too. You have to take the swing, like on yeah. the upside, because you can't be stuck with taking a guy who may have a higher floor but a limited yeah. ceiling because you have Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, uh Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, and the two attack of Iola, Josh Allen, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you have to take the risk and because no offense to brian like if they take will levis he's got a lower ceiling but he has a higher floor richardson may have the lower floor but the ceiling is immensely higher and you're putting all your trust now in shane steikett and the coaching staff on being able to fine-tune his mechanics because chris ballard last night said a lot of the issues with the accuracy that from what he could tell was mechanics he didn't put it on drops he didn't put it on the scheme at florida uh, so you have to put all your trust now as a Colts fan and the coaching staff that Shane Steichen and the staff can develop Richardson into the franchise quarterback.
3: I mean, I get it, but let's just use a tall building. Okay, let's, like, let's use an elevator as something to drive this home. Let's say that in terms of the ceiling, right, just potential that uh, Anthony Richardson's floor, it goes to the the 30th floor. Like, his, his ceiling is the 30th floor. And Will Levis, his ceiling is the 25th floor. Let's just say that's the case. Sure. But in actuality, if it plays out and Will Levis reaches the uh, 22nd floor... And Anthony Richardson realizes the 14th floor. Like, I don't care about the ceiling. It's all about what is actually realized. And I get the argument. I totally understand the perspective. And there are a lot of people that would agree with that. Where it's like, we got to go with whoever has the highest ceiling. But although I hear that, it's like, what's most realistically going to play out in actuality? Because nobody you don't date based on that and say hey hey if she reaches her full potential this is going to be great like it's like what is practical what is most likely going to be the end result how's it going to play out so although i hear all this stuff about potential and highest ceiling like the floor does matter but also what really matters is whose ceiling is the most attainable And I think that part of it is left out too often.
4: The biggest telling aspect of what Chris Boward said yesterday for me, and this is something I'd highlighted against Levis, just on what scouts were saying about the tape, what I had seen from the action I'd seen from him. And again, I'm not trusting my judgment more than I would a scout or more than someone that's done this for 30 or 40 years, was the ability to pick up blitzes and the ability to read defenses in a proper way that's going to excel at the next level. And again, if you can't pass the ball, it doesn't matter, right? It really doesn't. It's a moot point. We've seen in any level of football, someone that could read defense as well, but if they can't throw it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You can read all you want. I think that was a big factor in all of this as well. At least that's what Ballard had, had said about Richardson. He didn't come out and publicly say it against Levis, but the critique against him was his processing ability, his ability to read defenses, particularly when blitz are coming at him, and how does he pick it up? And yes, we acknowledge this. Levis had not even close to what Stroud had probably closer to Richardson in terms of fairness of evaluation, but still they both had respective things that handcuffed their final season of college football. If this Colts offensive line takes the leap, they're going to, they're going to protect or not leap, but the return to faith of where they were last year, two years ago, or even half of what they were. As long as they're better than last year, they're going to be a competent offensive line to protect whichever quarterback is under center. So you have an even playing field for your potential prospect. Now you have to evaluate who is picking up things better, who is able to make decisions in a timely manner without taking unnecessary hits or throwing in a turnover like windows. And I think that was a massive separator for them with Levis and Richardson, along with the upside that he provides. Because if we're talking about ceilings and floors, I hate player comps, right? But the the highest extreme you were willing to go with Will Levis was Josh Allen, which much like your view on Anthony Richardson, I don't know that that's really attainable for him. But I think there's a middle ground where he can survive in the NFL. I do. I think it's more closer to Jay Cutler, Kirk Cousins, the other comps that they use there. And to Eddie's point, if that's what he is, regardless of where Richardson goes, I mean, the Colts are in their own bed right now, right? They they pick their guy. We move on. But regardless of where Richardson goes, if that's what you were drafting in Levis and that's where he hits, you're, you're not winning anything in the South. You're just not. Well, the thing is, and people are looking at the AFC, I'm sorry, as a whole, not just the second. Yeah.
3: I don't know. You got a there's a little nuance to this, but I was thinking about this this morning is isn't it funny how with Will Levis, this is the story right now is some teams reportedly are concerned about the toe injury. I saw that. Okay. And he says he's healthy, but they're concerned about the toe injury. Um that might not be the case. You know, I find it hard to believe that A toe is really freaking teams out. But, 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 like, this is something that is real. Will Levis played a lot of last season while hurt. Yeah. You know? And I just started thinking about, man, it sucks that, let's just say Will Levis said, I'm not 100%. I'm not going to go out on the field shorthanded, based on the talent around me or lack thereof, against... Tennessee in the night game or, <laughs> right. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if he just said, you know what? I'm not a hundred percent. I'm short-handed Anyway, I'm short stacked anyway, based on the lack of talent around me. I'm just going to sit this one out. Like his draft stock would have improved. Like that's sad. Like yeah. if Lamar Jackson, who just got a new contract for $185 million guaranteed, if Lamar Jackson at the end of last season, said, you know what? I might not be 100%, but I'm going to get it out. I'm going to get out there against the Cincinnati Bengals. And let's say we saw a version of him that didn't look like Lamar, and he struggled a little bit, and he was a little slow, and a couple of his throws were off, and he was playing hurt. I don't think he'd be getting $185 million guaranteed today. And so that's the thing that sucks is that when players get out there and play hurt, sometimes it hurts themselves the most. When you're talking about when you're gonna get drafted, what's your next contract? And I hate that aspect of it, but I think that's at play with both of those QBs to a degree.
4: I hate it too. And to clarify a lot of things, it's it's so as you know, it's so much more volatile at the college level. There's so much more pressure there because you don't have anything guaranteed to your name. And I know NIL has made it a little bit easier in terms of just like, you know, the funds that are coming in or like the players' ability to profit off themselves, but it's still the massive money maker you're going to get is at the next level if you're one of the elite of the elite and again today is anthony richardson's day but i feel awful for will levis i really do because that's tough man like i'm i'm just trying to think like the closest thing i can relate to it and i can't is and this you know this from from your path in broadcasting. I know it, Eddie knows it, like and I'm not really that far removed from it. But like there's days where you're trying to grind and grind and and that's in all walks of life for people. Sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes you find yourself in a free fall where you felt like an opportunity was gonna come your way, and then it doesn't. And it's magnified times fifty for him because he's on national television in a green room just the camera on him every second. And uh, I have to get one joke in here, but it's towards you, not him. And then a Brian no made analytic model that says there's (laughs) 0.1% chance that he's supposed to be there at 25 pops up all jokes aside. I felt terrible for him because nobody wants to be in that boat. He's a 23 year old kid slash young man. And I, it's a horrific process. I do hope he makes good. I hope he finds his landing spot and he's able to turn into something, but All of that being said, emotion aside, I still think the Colts ultimately made the right decision for what they want out of their next quarterback and what they want Shane Steichen to build here in Indianapolis. But I do feel for the kid. I really do.
3: Hey, man, I hear you. I don't. I think they screwed it up. But... I've made my feelings known, and we'll get to those a little bit later in the show today. A lot to do with Anthony Richardson, Will Levis. We'll get to the Houston Texans who are absolutely drunk. I'm talking stumbling (laughs) around drunk. Who is the guy that hugged, what was it, Lucas Van Ness? (laughs) The, the Packers pick, the guy who yes. leaned in like, yes. hey, yeah. we're going to the league. All right. Like That's the Houston Texans times 50, <laughs> what they just did. We'll get to that. Stephen Holder coming up next, covers the Colts for ESPN.com. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. Keep it locked right here, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqal and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
3: i Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan today. Stephen Holder joins us, covers the Colts for ESPN.com, you know, lots to get into here, obviously, Stephen, but before Anthony Richardson and who went where, I want to know about you, Stephen Holder. Mm-hmm. What was draft night like for you? Give me a blow-by-blow blow of the uh, the uh, highlights of, I don't know, what you ate, what you had to do, <laughs> like, uh, what you had to put out right when the Colts pick came in. How did it go down for you?
2: Well, I was juggling uh, life and work, so – uh, my daughter, who is uh, who just turned 14, had a track meet, and so I said, "All right, if I play my cards right, the draft doesn't start till late. I can probably see most of it, and then, you know, hustle over to the Colts facility." So, so I got there literally, uh, I would say, just before this before the uh, Panthers got on the clock. So I really pushed it. So uh, I I, I scarfed down, you know, two forkful of food and then I just got to work uh, you know working both on a, a story about a, a national story about the quarterbacks that I was contributing to and then you know the the quarterbacks at large and then the Colts specifically when they picked Anthony Richardson so um yeah it it's like it's like you you talk and you talk and you talk for for 3 months and then draft night comes and it's like a blur Cause you just literally don't come up for air until about 1230 when I got done with everything. So it's, that's how it tends to work. It's like, we, we sit there and we like say, oh my God, I can't wait for this to be over. And then it comes and it's like, what just happened? (laughs)
3: <laughs> absolutely yeah well the two-part question i hate when when uh you know radio hosts like me ask the two-part questions and here i am doing it <laughs> but but uh All good you know how did your your 14 year old 14 year old daughter fare at the track meet and then also if you tie it into the colts pick of anthony richardson how would you say they finished the track meet last night you know like are, did they finish in first are they on the podium
2: where did they come in all right, so great great segues there because uh in fact so the, the Fall Creek Valley Middle School uh four by one hundred uh relay team broke the school record yesterday, I'll oh. have you know. Uh, yeah. Uh the the girls team. So uh my offspring, Mia, I claim her sometimes depending on the day <laughs> and how she's acting. Um, she runs the second leg, and yeah, they uh, they, they did a good job. They, they have now broken the school record twice in a span of two weeks. So they're cooking right now. And so, nice. you know, you talk about speed and athleticism, and then the segue I was referring to, you go right to Anthony Richardson, right, who is... I think it appears the Colts uh, the guy they one of the guys they they clearly targeted and so they got their guy they feel like they win they're on the podium he's the number four overall pick I think that's worthy of being on the podium so everybody wins and lots of athletic ability all around so yeah we're we're we got uh we we got all kinds of athleticism coming out our ears coming out of our ears around here so I love it. (laughs)
4: Steven, we live in a society where a quick Google search, a quick search on Twitter, you could pretty much find the answer to everything. Everything leaks. Almost everything. Movie scripts, picks, you name it. How'd they keep this quiet as long as they did? And, And all the different just turns this took where if you're paying attention to betting odds, Will Levis is minus like 650, 20 minutes before the draft starts. How did all this come about in terms of the protection at West 56th?
2: Okay, well, I'll start by saying uh, the first thing is that I'm not saying that I'm like smarter than anybody else because normally I don't know what the hell is going on and I'm usually wrong because I, I that's why I don't ever come on to make proclamations because I know how that, how that works. Sure. However, in this case, I will say I never really bought into Will Levis completely. I just I understood what the appeal might be. Right? It's not. It's not like it was hard to understand. Oh, okay, he had a lot of success in college. Uh, he play, played an approach style offense. I could see it right, but i could I was able to make i thought a much more compelling case for why they would draft Anthony Richardson. That does not mean he'll be the better pro that 's not the point i'm just talking just purely on the basis of why or why not would they draft this guy and I found that I could make a much more compelling case for Richardson than for levis and so How'd they keep it quiet? I, I I really think what the the lesson here is that it's not that anyone lied. That's not necessarily the takeaway. I don't think anyone lied about Will Levis. I think people really did say those things to draft analysts and did tell them the Colts love Le- Levis. I think that information was out there. I just think those people were misinformed. And end, at the end of the day, they they made a connection that was incorrect and and it was based upon information that was legitimate information because people said it those it's just that those sources were wrong bottom line and that's tough that's the tough thing about the draft I will say this it was a little bit of a victory for local media there because one of the things that we often find and I don't want to turn this into like a, a soapbox but I I think it's in, it's it's helpful for the listeners sometimes to hear these things. Is a little bit of a lesson, I think, because listen, I don't get the same text messages that Adam Schefter gets, right? And we work at the same place, but we work on a, a totally different source book, right? That is totally true. <laughs> okay, yeah. he's going to get he's going to get heads up on things that that I am just not going to get. I'm not I'm not on that level of information brokerage. But how, however, we are closer to the situation in many instances, and while I might not get the ultimate um, heads up that, a, that a, a piece of news has occurred. If you're paying attention, you will oftentimes be able to forecast what's going to happen on a local level. Jeff Saturday and the coaching search. It was pretty clear in listening to local media that he was not the guy. Mm-hmm. That continued though, to be a storyline nationally. We were telling you, and I'm sure you guys remember these conversations. Mm-hmm. We were telling you that is not the vibe we are getting. And I think the same applied here. The Will Levis stuff was out there. All I could tell people was, look, well, that's not what I heard. I don't know what they heard. It's not what I heard. And so, anyway, I, I just really think the Colts were, were very focused on Richardson. I had, I had information that some of it I shared, some of it I did not share because I wasn't really able to. But all of it was the combination of all of it was that I felt pretty strongly that he was the guy they were leaning toward.
3: He's Stephen Holder, covers the Colts for ESPN.com, joining us here on The Fan. When you think about Anthony Richardson and not having a lot of reps in college, Stephen, he's thrown under 400 passes. And with that in mind, what's a reasonable timeline for a Colts fan or just an NFL fan before they, they throw out these, these really harsh critiques where you gotta give the guy some type of runway. So, how long is reasonable in your estimation to get him X amount of starts or X amount of throws before we really start to hammer him if he's not getting the job done?
2: So the first thing I would say is that it's okay to have trepidation. That's totally fine. It doesn't mean like, you know, I see conversations on Twitter like, oh, you don't believe in him. like Well, no, it's not about – not me, but just people talking and bantering back and forth. It's not about believing in him or not believing in him. It's just, I think you painted a pretty a pretty fair picture, right? I mean, this it's going to take time. He has 13 starts, okay? That is nothing, nothing. They have so little to go on. This is an NBA-like draft pick, all right? What are we drafting players in the NBA based upon? 100% potential, Right. And this is that kind of approach. I actually am okay with it because if you look at the success rate of draft picks, particularly at the very top, you know, where the where the most where the biggest investment is made, and you would think the the rate of return would be would be really overwhelmingly positive, it's still very much hit and miss. So if you're gonna bet, bet on the things that you believe in. Bet on you know, a guy who has just off-the-charts physical abilities. And I know people will make this about his I, – I know I'm not answering the question, but I'm getting to it. <laughs> I know people will <laughs> make this about his his combine performance. This is not about his vertical jump. It's not about his his broad jump. I don't care about any of that. That's not what it's about. It's about how those physical skills relate to playing quarterback. And they actually do. People, I, A lot of people who are detractors of, of maybe what he offers, they are – I think they're underselling the importance of those skills. Look, he, what, one of the things that you have to do in this league is you have to be able to create when a player like, you know, some, like, when Aaron Donald's on the loose and coming your way, what are you going to do, right? What are you going to be able to do? Are you going to be able to make something out of that play? It's great if, you can, if your first option's open and you can get the ball off and you've got a quick release. Okay, good. Good for you. Now, what if that's not the case? What are you going to do? Well, in Anthony Richardson's case, he has options. He has legitimate options. And for as much as we think that he's going to be this deer in the headlights, he may be, but you know what? The defense, and this is something that was impressed upon me by a Colt staffer this morning. The defense initially, and particularly at the outset of the season, the defense is not going to have any answers available for, for the things that they can't predict from, from Anthony Richardson. Those are the things that you can't coach and you can't scheme for because you don't know what's coming. So I think that's where he's going to be able to have some initial success. And, and as Shane Steichen said last night, I think we're underselling him as a, as a passer. Yes, the completion percentage is what it is, but there are some fantastic throws, fantastic throws that would be elite on the NFL level on his film. So like we can't pretend that didn't happen, but anyway, all of that said, I don't think we should rush it. I don't think we can rush it. And I don't think the Colts have to look at it that way. This is not an, this is not supposed to be some overnight situation. Uh, I don't have the Colts winning the Super Bowl in 2023. I'm pretty (laughs) sure you guys don't either. So take your time, do what you feel is right. And that, you know, do what's right for the kid. I, I don't think we have to make this about right now.
4: ESPN, Steven Holder with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Holder Steven. You tweeted this out last night about the time that you spent, Stephen, with Anthony Richardson during the scouting combine. What did you learn about him during that period?
2: I think the bigger thing I learned, more so than anything he can do physically, is that his temperament, I think, is going to be good for the situation that he's in. A lot of pressure, a lot of eyeballs. You know how that is as an NFL quarterback, particularly one drafted where he is. And... Ultimately, he's a really even-keeled guy. He's also, I believe, is, is quite humble. I think that'll serve him well, too. Because if you're not humble, uh, this game will humble you, <laughs> okay? And playing that position will humble you. So it, it certainly helps when you have that built in uh, when you arrive. So I, I think those qualities are going to go a long way for him. And I think it'll endear him to his teammates as well. I mean, they'll see his physical skills. And and they're going to be intrigued by that. But the one thing they want to know is, you know, how are you going to integrate into the locker room? He won't have a problem with that. They're going to gravitate to him. Uh, but, But he also balances the humility with some confidence. And that's a tough thing to do. He does it. You know, Stephen, before
3: you go, man, I'm just curious. What's the celebration look like in track these days? You know, like I'm thinking like the too small gesture in the NBA, or is it like the LeBron silencer? Or or like last night, the draft, how Jalen Carter had the little handshake with Goodell. Like what's going on in in the track scene these days in celebration mode?
2: Well, listen, I'll tell you that yesterday's meet, it was Fall Creek Valley against Belzer Middle. And so those are the feeder schools to Lawrence North and Lawrence Central. So let me tell you something, like, you can, you know what that rivalry's like. It's not that much different at the middle school level. I'm learning this now. I was like, I wasn't prepared for how, how big a deal this is. <laughs> you know, so it was, you know, it, it was definitely a neighborhood rivalry. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of, was, it was pretty spirited, I gotta tell you. Um, the, the The boys and girls relays, I mean, it it was there was a lot going on out there. You had you had cousins against cousins, and you know neighbors against neighbors. It, it was it was pretty it was pretty memorable actually. So fun times, man. And, and let me tell you, you yes, asked about celebration. There were definitely some celebrations. <laughs> <For sure. laughs>
3: very nice, man. Well, Stephen, thank you very much for the time today. I'm glad you juggled both your Colts responsibilities and going to the track meet. And thanks for crushing it today with us. Very enjoyable. Thanks,
2: Stephen. All right, guys. Take
3: care. You too. There he is. Steven Holder covers the Colts for ESPN.com. You know, coming up, top of the hour, we want to get to a little comparison in terms of how many throws Anthony Richardson had in college compared to a couple other guys. Just to throw it out there, Jimmy, because it's, it's not like, oh, the, the sky is falling. It's just you got to keep that in mind and, and be patient with your critique of the guy. It's going to take yeah. a little bit of time. Uh, but coming up next, thank goodness – This team is completely drunk. (laughs) Brian, no. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
3: I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. A little bit later today, 1.30. Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network draft draft analyst. Also, Kevin Bowen, KB, joining us at 2 o'clock from Kevin and Query. Uh... Man, the Houston Texans are drunk. What are they doing right here? Jimmy Cook, good lord. This is it's great news for the Colts though that the Texans are stumbling. I'm talking you ever have a friend or not even a friend, just someone at the bar and it's just like, "Whoa, nine too many beers." Or Definitely like,
5: it's definitely Jimmy. <laughs>
3: that Jimmy is that. Is that how you pregame for the baseball? I, 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 that you yeah, do? yeah,
4: that's 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 how I pregame for yeah. for for Catholic high school baseball. It's like is I go hit up go up yep. a uh, couple bars for him. That's me. Pretty yep. good. Yep. Yeah, it
3: loosens you up. You know the calls are more energetic exactly. that way. Exactly. Sure, but, man. Here's the deal with the Houston Texans. Okay, they get C J Stroud, and then what do they do? Again, this is the guy who's been surrounded by first-round wide receivers galore. Galore. What do they do? They're like, oh, you know what? We've got Noah Brown to throw to. We've got Nico Collins to throw to. We don't need any pass catchers. He's certainly not used to that at the Ohio State. Let's trade up and get Will Anderson Jr. Jimmy, can Will Anderson Jr. play tight end? Can he go both ways in the NFL? (laughs) <laughs> because C.J. Stroud is going to be a fish out of water, not having the talent he's accustomed to in terms of pass catchers. By the way, one of his offensive tackles, Paris Johnson Jr., he goes number six overall. That's just like the oh, by the way. Oh, yeah, this guy's a top ten guy also. But in terms of pass catchers, he doesn't have it right now at all. with you, Not even close to what he's had at Ohio
4: State. Just so I can figure out what angle to go off of here. Are you more frustrated or feel like the drunkenness of Houston, as you put it, arrived when they took C.J. Stroud or what they gave up to go get Will Anderson Jr. and not taking a wide receiver instead? It's both,
3: but it's more so. Like, if you're going to get C.J. Stroud, okay, fine. I I mean, I disagree, but I think that you can have a well-reasoned opinion that this guy might pan out. It's like, okay, Well, you gotta surround him with a competent supporting cast. That's what he's—he's had an elite supporting cast at Ohio State. Yes, it's like having a baby and throwing the kid in the crib. Like that'll be fine. (laughs) No, man. Like you gotta get him stuff. And C.J. Stroud right now has nothing. And not only did you go with Will Anderson Jr., who might be a very good NFL defensive player, time will tell. But look at what they gave up, Jimmy. They. Swapped picks, okay? So Houston, they got the number three overall pick, and they got a fourth-round pick. That's what Houston got. And they used the third overall pick for Will Anderson Jr. Here's what the Arizona Cardinals got. Jimmy, listen to this. They got the number 12 overall pick in this year's draft. They got the second-round pick which is 33rd overall, top of the second round this year. Then they get the Texans' first-round year, first round pick next season and their third-round pick next season. Now, now let, let's just do one little thing here. Okay. Where do you think the Texans are going to draft next season? <laughs> I mean, really, it, it's going to be probably a top-three pick. Let's just say for the sake of argument, it's specifically the number-three overall pick. Okay, just for this little exercise. So Houston, they just got the number three overall pick, and if they have the the number three overall pick next season, that's the Arizona Cardinals pick. Okay, so number three overall, in addition to number twelve overall, number thirty three overall, second round pick, and a third round pick, you give up a, a first, second, and third, in addition to essentially swapping number three overall picks. That is absurd what they are thinking and that's great news for the Colts fans but man, all the draft capital that they had, they used most of it, not on wide receivers to compliment C.J. Stroud, not on a competent supporting cast, on Will Anderson Jr., who might be a really good defensive player, but you just had a baby and threw him in the crib and said, ah, he'll be fine. He doesn't need a pacifier or a blanket or anything to play with. It's like, that will be all right.
4: Like, that's I, I, what they did. I agree with you from that angle that if I was going to take C.J. Stroud, you, you have to supply him with talent. I do think Will Anderson Jr. is going to be a game wrecker. Like, I, I think that... Like, I, I get why they went and got him, but the actions they got from point A to point B, a lot went down in the middle there of what was given up. Like, I I would not have given up what they gave up to go get Will Anderson Jr. I would have just taken him, like everybody thought, at two, and then either take Hennon Hooker or punt to next year for a quarterback. So I agree with you on all that. But also, I want to revisit something I said last week, and you, Brian, know, told me there's no way because the Texans are a smarter organization and they're going to be fine. I told you last (laughs) week, this is what they do. They make crazy (laughs) decisions where you look at them like, what are they doing? And you talked about the draft capital they had, and oh, they couldn't possibly mess things up. They're in a position now to mess things up. You know what?
3: Point for Jay Cook on that one because we were just talking about instead of, hey, what these quarterbacks can do for a franchise, what can the franchise do for the quarterbacks? And so we were talking about the Panthers and then also the Houston Texans. And I made the point, which was very reasonable at the time, not so much now, but I made the point, Carolina just traded all this draft capital Mm -hmm. To get the number one overall pick, they traded two first rounders, two second rounders, and DJ Moore. So they're bringing in Bryce Young. Like, hey man, just uh, I don't
4: know, figure it out. I, I don't know what we can tell you. We don't we there's, don't have a whole lot around you, but there is still draft left, right? There's still time. Regrettably, though, for them, a lot of the top receivers have come off the board. So you gotta yeah. gotta kind of figure it out now. I, I guess if you're looking for silver lining, though, as a Texans fan, no, you, you got your quarterback now. But hold so on, yeah,
3: but, but hold on with the Texans. Now, now, they had all this draft capital yep. after the Deshaun Watson trade. Rolling in it, yep. And they used a bulk of it yep. on Will Anderson Jr., who again might be a good player, but he doesn't play offense. Yeah. And C.J. Stroud had a who's who supporting cast. What would make you think, like realistically, you can downgrade from Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, another first-rounder, by the way, <laughs> like all these dudes... <laughs> Like, they showed uh, that Marvin Harrison last night. Jr. I thought why, you made it. Why would you think he can downgrade <laughs> from that
4: yeah. to like Nico Collins? Right. And, and just like not skip a beat. I don't what would dis- make you think that's going to be the case? N- nothing, which is why I would, like I said, when I was campaigning for him here, if he would have been available for the Colts, is you need to build around him. That That's the larger issue with the Texans and why I agree with you on the whole drunk analogy is oh. I like both those prospects. I do. I like both of them. The way that you would build around either one of them, and it's easier to do so with Will Anderson Jr. if he pans out like people think he will, than it is the quarterback that you know could benefit from additional weapons. The way they went about it is the crazier aspect to me. It should have been a one or the other thing, or maybe not as much capital, and who knows, maybe Arizona would not have let them get up without that capital, I would assume, if I'm Arizona... Again, another sometimes up and down front office. I'm demanding that Houston Texans first round pick next year. It's a non starter for me. Houston is the one that actually pulled the trigger and said, Oh, yeah, it's fine. Take it. We're good. Don't worry about it.
3: It's, it's listen, man, it's possible that's a number
4: one overall pick. Indeed. It, it's possible. Like, the, 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 what, what are they doing? <laughs> oh they will never disappoint. And again, maybe oh. it pans out. Maybe it works out oh. in spite of them, but they'll, they'll, they'll never disappoint. All right, coming
3: up next. A tale of the, a breakdown of the experience, you know, chart. You know, the tale of the tape, experience-wise. Kind of interesting stuff when you compare these college guys. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. You know, last day, Jimmy, to vote on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, you can can let your uh, voice be heard on who you would like to be in there. So I'm going to do a little you know, breakdown with you a little bit later in the show who you would vote for, the nominees here. Voting closes today. Today, as Robert De Niro said in Goodfellas.
4: I need to make sure I'm participating in my musical duty. That's on me. I apologize. Fell behind. I didn't need yeah. to register, did I? It's that's, that's not, that's not great. Could It could be, could, be, could be bad waters here.
3: Last day to rock the vote, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> um, but, yeah, let, let's focus in on these QBs here, though, because Anthony Richardson, he is the new Colts quarterback taking fourth overall last night, as Will the Thrill Levis tumbles, 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 and is still on the board. Man, like, if you would have told me before the – we, we did the show yesterday, Jimmy. If you told me, all right, it's going to sound a little hot takey, but Will Levis doesn't get drafted in the first round. I might have walked off. <laughs> I might have been like, okay, dude, you've reached peak Will Levis hatred
4: mode right here, but Look, he is still on the board. I wouldn't have gone that far, but we had that because we've had so many conversations on these quarterbacks, as we should. And thank you for listening here on the fan across all of our shows, Kevin and Query, the Route JMV. But the mocks, you can never trust them, but you can use them as a tool. See what people are saying. If he didn't get picked by the Colts, the thought was... Anywhere from like eleven to seventeen was his yeah. range, or maybe and, like nineteen right. with Tampa. You right. saw a lot, that a lot, yeah. And, and then that last window of like it was Tampa, and, and I, I can't remember if it was New Orleans or if I'm just forgetting draft order. But there was one last window, and you know I was with family members, and they're like, "When's this kid going to go?" And Minnesota. I was like, "Well, Minnesota. Like it's like okay, maybe they take a backup for Cousins. You know, maybe maybe they 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 look at that, and he's a guy they want to sit for a year, or whatever. There was a window there, and I'm like, if he doesn't go here, I don't know if he goes." Like, mm-hmm. it, it, you're running out of destinations for him. And again, he'll he'll get drafted, but I couldn't have predicted that <laughs> yesterday. Like, it will. He'll, he'll come off the board, I'm sure, tonight, and, you know, it, he'll finally get to start his NFL career. So I would never have had a walk-off statement like that to you. But my thought all along was it's middle of the first round for him if he doesn't get taken at four. You know what's funny, too,
3: is um, because the Steelers, they have the first pick of the second round. And... They're getting a bunch of trade offers and calls and all that. And maybe that? A, maybe a team, maybe a what, – what do you think? That's uh, driving up the price tag over there, Eddie?
5: Is that what it uh, is? I'm smelling a smoke. Smoke screen. Smoke screen right <laughs> yeah, there? I'm smelling a smoke screen.
3: I, I'm going to choose to believe this because uh, there's got to be some wise team that sees the value of Will the Thrill Levis over there, and they're not going to have to trade an absolute boatload like you would in the top five. So I think there's something to it, but the point is this – that's essentially the 32, 32nd overall pick, which in most drafts would be a first-round pick. Right, but because the the Dolphins forfeited <laughs> their pick, you know, he'll be looked at as if he is. Who knows? He might not go for a few picks in the second round. I don't know what's going to happen. But if he is the first pick of the second round, he's going to be looked at as a guy who obviously fell out of the first round. But in mo- most drafts, 32nd overall, that's what Lamar Jackson was. Lamar Jackson was a first-round pick at 32 overall.
4: And that follows you, right? We, we talked with, with, with Jeff Schwartz yesterday, and he kind of emphasized as well like that that's always the label that it's going to be around him, or not with him, rather, because he's not in the first round, right? It'll always be where he ended up. That'll be part of his journey, and he gets the opportunity to re- Write this chapter of what his NFL career is going to be. Mel Kiper kind of stressed it yesterday, too. Like, it's fine. It happens all the time. But, again, you now, thankfully, for now, until he ends up somewhere, moving to the rear view on Will Levis. Again, I feel for him. That's I can't imagine the type of just emotions that are going through you there with all the cameras on you, and the free fall descends rapidly. Colts take the path that they have with Anthony Richardson, and now you look at where they're at from a draft perspective moving forward, and there's one of two ways you can go. Again, a lot of the high-level, like top cream of the crop receivers are off, but there's still plenty of good talent there. There's a needed offensive line in terms of maybe not just depth, but like competing for spots in protection of the quarterback, or you go door number three, and you help Gus Bradley out, and you go try to find a contributor on the defensive end, particularly at your thinnest need, which is a cornerback right now.
3: Well, here's the thing. Yeah, I'm still in quarterback mode with Anthony Richardson, Will the Thrill Levis, and so I I put together a couple of numbers here, Jimmy. And this really, this is to illustrate, it's going to take time with Anthony Richardson, more likely than not, because he just hasn't had a ton of reps. He hasn't had a ton of experience. He started 13 games. He's thrown under 400 passes in college, okay? So if you look at a couple of quarterbacks, if you look at, Anthony Richardson, and compare him to Will the Thrill Levis, okay? Anthony Richardson attempted 393 passes in college. 393, that's what he attempted, okay? Will Levis completed 479. Like, Will Levis has more completions than Anthony Richardson has attempts. And again, the conclusion isn't, well, based on that, Will the Thrill Levis was the better choice, like... All I'm saying is give it some time with Anthony Richardson. You got to give him some runway because when his reps and his experience is that limited to expect anything close to a finished product is crazy. And and also I man okay, we could be reasonable and not expect perfection from the get-go. But are you going to be able to and this is hard for fans. Are you going to be able to not just deal with the speed bumps, deal with just outright sucking in certain games. He's going to do that in his career. It's inevitable having this limited experience. He's not just going to hit the ground running in the NFL, but that's something you absolutely have to have in mind, and it's going to be easy to forget that. Whenever he gets on the field and a couple of bad performances stack up, it's just, it's bound to happen, man. You can't go from 393 attempts in college to just, man, look at this guy. He looks like Justin Herbert in his first game against the Chiefs. Like, that's not going to happen.
4: But that shouldn't be the expectation. And I think that's your larger point. That shouldn't yeah. be the expectation for Colts fans. And I said that yesterday, regardless who they were going to take, your expectation should not be, yeah, Lombardi trophy next February. We're getting it. That's it. It's a wrap. We finally have our guy. It's gonna take time to grow and develop. I think a lot of that, though, is what the Colts like in Anthony Richardson. Not just his intangibles, the athleticism, his ability to create, get separation, and do it with his legs. It's not just that, it's the fact he's 20 years old. He appears by all accounts, it just from what you read on him, seems coachable, and he's an unmolded product at this point. It's raw, roller coaster is the word I used earlier. There are going to be plenty of bumps. There's going to be plenty of sky-high moments as well. With Will Levis, when you look at what he is at this point, I'm not saying there's not still room for improvement. 24 years old, you could argue there's not going to be a ton of much change for him from a quarterback standpoint of what he's going to be at the next level. And even if there is, we go back to the ceiling analogy or the elevator analogy, whatever it was you brought up earlier, that Eddie brought there, that's what the Colts are banking on. He is going to reach a cap that Anthony Richardson is going to pass. But you're right, Brian, it's not going to be this year. If it is, wow, like, you know, that's just one of those things where lightning strikes in a bottle, wonderful. It's probably not going to be this year. It's going to take time. Patience has to be practiced across the board. And if by year two or year three, or even by week 16 next year, assuming he starts, or week 17 next year, if you as a fan or the scouting department isn't seeing the growth, then you have a problem on your hands. I don't think they're going to have that problem, but, you know, that's... Why they made the pick. You know what's crazy, too, is – and
3: it's almost bad to even mention this name. (laughs) I'm just bringing this up in terms of reps and college experience. That's it. That's the only reason. I I feel like I have to preface that way. But if you look at your boy Mahomes in college, Jimmy, the guy attempted 1,349 passes. Like Mahomes is in the neighborhood of a thousand more pass yeah. attempts than Anthony Richardson had at Florida, like college versus college. And so, yeah, when you have that amount of experience, when you have that amount of reps, and it makes it easier to hit the ground running in the NFL. And listen, Mahomes is, he is unbelievable, man.
4: One of one. Yep.
3: Yes, yep, yep. one of one. So I, I'm not expecting Anthony Richardson to one day become. Patrick Mahomes. I'm not expecting anybody to do that, but it's going to be that much more challenging when you have just a a sliver of the college experience that Mahomes had at Texas Tech. And that's my worry. It's two things, really, when I'm looking at Anthony Richardson it's the precision factor. I just don't see a guy who's going to be precise in the NFL. Based on what I've seen in college, based on how I see him projecting to the next level, I just don't see a guy where we're looking at the league leaders and say, man, that is a precise thrower. I see a guy who's going to have some good throws from time to time, but he's going to lack precision overall. The consistency, I just don't see it being there. And my other big worry about Anthony Richardson is with the lack of college experience, Jimmy, it's can he avoid developing bad habits in the NFL? When you're getting these reps in real time at the NFL level that you lacked in college, that is a big ask. I, I would rather, you know, in a perfect world, he was at college for another year and worked out the kinks and got way more reps. And got But that's unrealistic. He can't do that, he declared, and so the Colts took him. He's going to be ironing those kinks out in the pros in the NFL yep. without as it stands right now great talent around him so that to me is just a big ask and I would worry about him developing some bad habits that he's then going to have to break due to a lack of
5: experience initially that's why I'm more tantalized with Richardson because the clay is still wet and you can mold it. It's not solid concrete. you can form him however you want to form him and mold him into what you want him to be. And, and it's not really the throwing motion that's the problem here with Richardson. It's more of the mechanical of the feet. And as the season goes on last year, you can kind of see him get better with the footwork, but the mecha- like I said, I like the being able to just being able to mold him into the quarterback he want you don't have bad habits to really correct right now if you're the coaching staff because of the inexperience so it gives him a lot more room to grow in my personal opinion well and
3: that's the thing is i hear you but some of it comes back to the experience factor where again richardson his attempts at florida 393 josh allen at wyoming 649 attempts like that's just so many more throws and reps and like. So when we're doing the clay thing, and I get what you're saying, Eddie Garrison, in terms of molding a young quarterback, and it, that's fine. But the lack of experience—if you're like in the process of molding it—it's like all of a sudden a rainstorm just showed up, and it's like, oh shoot, this kind of messes the clay up that I was molding here. And then I don't know, then uh, hail shows up, and you're like, oh shoot, you got to shield this clay. Like there are all these hazards that show up as you're molding this clay because of a lack of experience that comes into play as well
5: i mean i get that but at the same time you could say that like josh allen's i guess progression took a little longer because he had more problems to correct that were already kind of solidified so you have to work a little harder i get what you're saying about the experience but i think the inexperience also makes it much more fascinating because Steichen can tell him, hey, this is how we do things here at the NFL. And he can't be like, oh, well, this worked for me here in college. He can adhere to Steichen. He can adhere to the quarterback's coach. He can adhere to Jim Bob Cooter. So that's why I'm kind of more on the side of it's a good thing almost that he doesn't have the inexperience. And I understand that there is a major, major concern with it. But I, I get both sides. But that's just my stance.
3: Now I hear you. And that's something that you started to get into, Jimmy, is – You know, when we think about uh, Josh Allen, one of the things that helped him make a big leap in year three, Stephon Diggs. Yep. You know, the Colts needed Stephon Diggs. And listen, Stephon Diggs was a fifth-round pick. A.J. Brown in
4: Philadelphia, same thing. Same exact thing that, that contributed to their big leap. You have to go around and supply, whenever it happens, whenever you feel the move is proper. Whenever you feel the iron is hot to strike, you need to go and surround him with talent. But here, here's my larger thing with this conversation. And I get it. What I'm about to say is not how championships are won. It's not how franchises are built. The Colts didn't solely take Anthony Richardson on feel. At least if you're believing what Chris Bauard says at this point. And I did agree with what he said two weeks ago. He's not going to lie to you. He's going to be honest. He might dance around questions. But he's going to be transparent once the decision is made. Texted a buddy of mine, Die Hard Colts fan. Asked him how he felt about the move. He said, incredibly exciting. All the talent in the world. The, the passing accuracy scares me, but I'm optimistic. Because anybody would say that. <laughs> that's a, that's a, He's honest, just a right? little, He's little minor honest. detail he, about accuracy. He, 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 but he, other than that, awesome. But as we mentioned with Stephen Holder earlier, some of that is overblown. And also the throws that he makes when they are on are out of this world. And you hope that what Ballard and Steichen said about his mechanics and it's fixable are true. If the Colts didn't believe he was fixable with where they see on tape and how young he is and all the inexperience mixed in there, they wouldn't have taken him. They wouldn't have taken the swing. It's out It's out of Ballard's character to make a move like this based on any other draft pick that he's had during his tenure here. But that's not my point. And that's not uh-huh. my frustration with all of this. And okay. again, this is not how championships are won. But all that... I'm hearing on on your aspect against Richardson is, to quote a gambling line, scared money don't make money, Brian. (laughs) It does not. And at some point, it's time to step up to the plate Uh and hit one out of the park. That's a walk-off. To borrow a baseball analogy there, it's time to not be afraid of the unknown and believe in the coaching staff you hired, believe in your general manager, believe in your scouting department and see if he is his peak, if he is the 99th floor, not forget the 40th floor we said earlier, if he's the tippy top of what he can be, it's Cam Newton. It's Jalen Hurts. It's any of these elite-level quarterbacks you've seen over the last five, ten years. And that, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm thrilled about it today. I'm not saying it's a guaranteed happy ending, but the upside is mm-hmm. just too good for me to not be excited about it. And the reasons we're saying why they shouldn't have taken him, he stays another year in college, puts up... Let's just say for the sake of argument 2 percentage points better on accuracy but pass the ball 300 more times you're mm-hmm. telling me your evaluation on him would change so drastically that you feel more comfortable with that pick?
3: No, I I absolutely would feel more comfortable with it. Reps matter. Like abs- there's no denying that. But the reps accuracy matter, issue too. Matters. Like that
4: that wouldn't it's just the reps. He goes one more year, puts up near identical numbers. You're like, "Eh, mm-hmm. this is fine now. He's 21. He had 300 more snaps or pass attempts. I'm not worried about it anymore. I I would still have
3: questions. If his completion percentage is still a god-awful 55%, which it was last year, you know, (laughs) if it's still that, yeah, I have major questions. But if you're saying he gets another, let's call it 400, right? He was just a skosh under that at 393. Let's just make it simple. He has 400 more pass attempts next year. Like that experience from that standpoint, the experience standpoint, I would feel more comfortable with him knowing that he had more reps and had more seasoning. Of course I would. Now, if his completion percentage is still 55%, I would have questions about that. These are different categories. These are like different compartments, if you will. It's not all just one thing. So in the experience compartment, if he has more reps, absolutely I'd feel more confident. If he still stunk in terms of completing passes, yeah, I'd have questions in that category. So all this stuff is categories. And the experience category is lacking. That's all I'm saying. But to bring it into an, another direction over here, okay, with your friend who's a diehard fan and, you know, he's excited, and that's great. It's fine. But here's the thing. When you were saying that, it made me think of this. This is the absolute truth, okay? You know what's overrated? These highlight plays. Like the plays that you see on Sports Center, And I, I'm not saying they don't matter. They might matter a ton. They might win you a game. Anybody can make a good mixtape. that's right yep but it's overrated you know what's underrated consistency it's moving the chains on third and four and it's not a play that's going to end up on sports center you know what i mean that's what wins in the nfl i remember this with um (laughs) this kind of a funny story you'll like this jimmy okay so i was doing local radio in portland and at the time i was interviewing cj mccollum who played for the blazers at the time Die-hard Browns fan. Loves the Cleveland Browns. He's from Ohio. And I told him at the time, I'm like, look, man, I hate to break it to you, but Baker Mayfield is overrated. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? And I brought up a game against the Ravens. And I'm like, look, man, he'll make some awesome throws. He'll make some huge plays. But there was this game, might have been his rookie year against the Ravens, like third and five, guy is wide open. He just missed him. And it's a footnote unless you're watching these games. But that's what wins and loses in the NFL. It's not about, wow, look at his 40 time and he does some jaw-dropping things. Anthony Richardson, I get it in terms of the potential, the upside, the athleticism. He is a wow. I'm not telling you he isn't. But what I am telling you is if he isn't consistent enough to make the small plays on third and four, on third and three, the guy is open. You got to hit him to move the chains. It's not going to show up on Sports Center. That's the stuff that's totally underrated and determines whether teams win or lose. It's not just the somersault into the end zone that ends up on Sports Center. It's not. That's one of the reasons that Lamar Jackson is one and three in the postseason. And you're kidding yourself if
4: you think otherwise. Do you remember how you mentioned earlier today? I think that you know Levis having a tough everything out. And stay in another year at Kentucky, kind of kind of hurt him, arguably. And you can make a strong yeah. case for that now because he's in free fall as we speak in the draft. We, we remember those conversations. Well, look, when he's got 738 pass attempts in college, from the
3: experience standpoint, I like that more. No, I know you do, but right, I, right. I, but, 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 but your I'm point a here, point, like, here. Yeah, a it, point in terms of being hurt last year and not putting up gaudy numbers, absolutely, that has a lot to do with his tumble okay. here.
4: Okay, Richardson goes back he gets another 300 throws. Because you look at the two of them and you look at their breakdown game by game, their career trajectory not that different Con- from, from collegiately speaking. Mm-hmm. Will Levis leaves Kentucky, has a redshirt year, or sorry, leaves Penn State after a redshirt year, spends two seasons there, feels like he's not going to get his opportunity, goes to Kentucky, becomes a starter. Yep. After 2021, he plays... 15 games to his name. 15 starts, maybe uh, 102 more passes at that point from their careers than Anthony Richardson had. Percentage numbers from a completion standpoint, you know, 12 points better. I'm not saying it doesn't matter because you that's a larger argument. That's not what I'm talking about here. He goes back. He goes back one more year, mm-hmm. throws 283 more passes. Okay. Anthony Richardson does that. They're a guarantee that... The hype is still the same. That's what I asked you earlier. That he's still going to be drafted as high as he was if his completion percentage numbers were just as bad as they were last year. It's a choice these quarterbacks have to make. I'm not saying experience does not matter. But the idea that he can't learn on the fly in the NFL whether one is easier or harder is a different story. Whether it's possible to learn. Reps are reps. At this point for him, being 20 years old, and again, my faith in this coach that Chris Boward and Jim Mercey have, this is where I want him to learn and grow. It's just like when you tell a college prospect from the basketball side of things, hey, we've really taught you all you can here. You're going to be better off learning at the pro level. It's hard. It's a baptism by fire, but it gets results for you. And at the very least, it tells you quicker if you belong or not. Well, you know, him going one more year would not change my evaluation, and I don't think it would change yours. If they both played there the same amount, it would change your evaluation by one point, which is, okay. he has 300 more throws than he did, but you'd still be pointing to the accuracy issues. You'd still be pointing to the fact that he's young. It it wouldn't change the conversation we're having right now other than, okay, yeah, he played one more year.
3: I I don't know. I, I don't get where you're coming from on this, because all I'm talking about is experience. You're shifting it to something
4: totally different. I'm also talking about talking about
3: experience. I'm
4: also talking about experience, and I'm saying our evaluation on him and what he can do would not drastically change one more year there. It's not about what he can it's like if you have more reps, I feel
3: better that you're not learning on the fly at the NFL level and at risk to develop some bad habits. That's all I'm saying. If you have more seasoning in college, that's not as great of a concern for me when you step foot in the NFL.
4: But that's ba- all. But And I agree with you on that aspect of it, but bad habits are bad habits. It doesn't matter if they develop in college or develop in the NFL. It's a matter of how far gone you are to be able to fix said bad habits. And at this point, to Eddie's analogy about the clay, that, that's what he is, right? He, he is very much a moldable project that if he's molded the right way, like any quarterback that's taken, if he's molded the right way, he's going to be special. It's not guaranteed. It's going to take some work. We talked about patience, but... The upside is there and the optimism, if you're a Colts fan today, should be there as well, knowing that if they're wrong on Richardson, it will be because they're probably long on Shane Steichen too, because this is just as much mm. on him because he had a fair say in the matter for which quarterback he wanted his head coaching tenure to be built around. I don't know. We got to circle back to
3: you know the the quarterback whisperer, Shane Steichen here at the end of the hour. But, but coming up next, Tony Pauline. Pro Football Network draft analyst. He joins us. A lot to break down with him. I'm Brian Noh. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
3: I'm Brian No. He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. Tony Pauline, he joins us here. Pro Football Network draft analyst here. And, uh, man, uh, I was just informed by Eddie Garrison that you are a diehard Led Zeppelin fan. It's in your bio. And, I, I you know, I... I don't dislike Led Zeppelin at all, and I kind of feel like I wish I did just so I could sort of troll you and say they're overrated, but I don't feel like that way at all, Tony, just to see if you turn colors here on the show. I would just hang up the phone, eh?
0: <laughs> You know, there were certain things uh, in life that you cannot dislike. Some of them I can't mention on this, uh, this interview here, and I won't. Ice cream, Led Zeppelin, and you know let your mind uh wander uh, to other things but uh you know you said it's in my bio they're actually in my dna so it goes that deep for me with the mighty Led zeppelin
3: yeah so your biggest takeaway or i don't know what will you remember most five years from now about the first round of the draft will levis wasn't drafted anybody else was what do you think you'll take away from this year's draft five years from now
0: well, hopefully how right I was, you know, because everybody is, you know, patting themselves on the back for a great mock first round. You know, listen, I'm I'm not surprised. I shouldn't be surprised that Levis wasn't taking the first round because I bought into the hype. If you go on my big board uh, at ProFootballNetwork.com, Will Levis is my fifth-rated quarterback. He is the 37th-rated player on my board, so when you look at my board, he's not a first-round pick. And I was writing back as far as the Shrine Game, we were in Vegas. People were telling me the guy's not a top twenty choice. So while there's a lot of shock, and to my own, you know, fault, I bought into the hype about him going for to Indianapolis. In the end, when I look at where I have him ranked and what I've been writing about him, I really shouldn't be shocked. What else surprised me? I think uh, basically the Detroit Lions. Kind of throwing caution to the wind and getting taking Jameer Gibbs and Jack Campbell, yeah. two really good players, as early as they did. I think Joey Porter falling out of the first round is a bit of a surprise. I think the New York Jets taking Will McDonald in the middle of round one uh, when you know the Jets are basically built for the short term, and there were other players on the board that could have helped Aaron Rodgers uh, was surprising. And and while it shouldn't surprise me, I think it's kind of funny that the Green, Green Bay Packers seem allergic to drafting receiver in the first round, while the Baltimore Ravens seem to be addicted to drafting receivers in the first round.
4: Tony, what was your overall evaluation on the Anthony Richardson pick, and, and where do you see him trending in, in Shane Steichen's system slash what he can develop into as an Indianapolis Colt?
0: Anthony Richardson, the player, is the, is the prototypical boom or bust prospect. I mean, he's got a huge amount of upside, but he's got a lot of downside risk. He's got all the traits and all the tools that you want at a quarterback in this day and age. He's big. He's incredibly athletic. He's a legitimate threat picking up yards with his legs. He can roll outside the pocket, easily get the ball downfield. But there's got to be a lot of concern. He doesn't have a big body of work. He never really carried that Florida offense on his shoulders. Uh, he was a guy who couldn't beat Vanderbilt last year, sh- couldn't beat Florida State, completed 33% of his passes against Florida State. I thought all along it was a better fit for the Colts, especially for that head coach. When you look at where he's coming from, from Philadelphia, you know, really developing Jalen Hurts. I never understood the the love that was thrown out there for Will Levison. Obviously, there wasn't it. Was a, it was a big smokescreen? <clears throat> I think it's a good fit. Yet, with that being said, there's a huge amount of risk with Anthony Richardson.
3: What do you think about this uh, talk about Shane Steichen and look at what he did with Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert yeah. and Jalen Hurts? And he can just mold this young clay that is Anthony Richardson.
0: You have to believe in it. I mean, there are only a few people in the league: Kyle Shanahan, Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, uh, a few others who I'm probably forgetting that have that Midas touch with the uh, at the quarterback position, and that is as important as getting a talented passer. I we see so many franchises just bust time and time again: the New York Jets, the Cleveland Browns. You know, spend so much draft capital, early draft capital, looking for that franchise quarterback. And while they draft good quarterbacks, they don't have the people in place to develop those quarterbacks. So that is why I thought Anthony Richardson was a good fit for the, you know, the new head coach uh, in, in the, in Indianapolis. And he better be a good, he better uh, produce very quickly out of the gate or the general manager, Chris Ballard could find himself on the outside looking in, uh, you know, sooner rather than later.
4: To that point, though, what type of patience, Ballard mentioned this, we've kind of mentioned this to Colts fan, what type of patience, what type of timeline do you expect from Anthony Richardson to get a a consistent measurement for what he's likely to be? We mentioned examples, like I'm not saying he's going to be Jalen Hurts, but it was really that second and then the big leap in his third year where you finally saw the true makeup of what he can be in this league. What type of timeline are we talking about with Anthony Richardson in your mind?
0: Well, you, Yeah, you can't compare the two Jalen hurts played four years of ball on the, on the college level. I, I mean, went from, you know, Alabama to Oklahoma and faced a lot of adversity on the college level. Then went to the senior ball, didn't perform well, fell into the second round. So I don't think you can compare the two. I, the fact is this, what kind of timeline? Well, It should be three years for every player. It should be, especially for quarterbacks. But people want to know the answer now in three months. Uh, I mean, you've got to give it time. It's just a matter of how patient is the owner going to be, especially with taking such a high-risk type of prospect so early in the draft. And I think the outside pressure will be how does C.J. Stroud perform, uh, perform. Even, if, even though they didn't have the opportunity to draft him. How does Bryce Young uh, perform? You know if, if Hendon Hooker is taken in the early picks tonight and he sits out uh, for 2023, comes back in 2024, how does he perform? The better those other quarterbacks perform on the field, the more pressure there's going to be for Anthony Richardson to perform as well.
3: He's Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network draft analyst, joining us here on The Fan. What type of problem could it present for the Colts that Anthony Richardson has only attempted 393 passes in college?
0: I, I mean, it's a huge problem. It, it, I guess it depends on your point of view. I always like the quarterback with the large body of work behind him. That's why I say you really can't compare Jalen Hurts' you know and and his development to anthony Richardson because jalen hurts played so much more football on the college level and faced a lot of adversity especially at the alabama even to senior bowl uh you know i I think it's a damned if you do damned if you don't situation i'm of the belief that anthony richardson needs to kind of sit on the sidelines and observe and absorb then there are other people who say well he hasn't had any experience or he doesn't have the great experience, especially compared to many of the quarterbacks in this draft or many past quarterbacks that were selected so early. you got to get him experience. you got to get him on the field. I, and I understand that point of view, but you could also ruin him if you get him on the field uh, too early. So you've got to believe in the coach. You've got to believe in the coach's past history in developing quarterbacks. And you've got to hope that it works with Anthony Richardson.
4: Tony Pauline with us here on The Fan. Tony, when you look at the players that are still available and the needs for the Colts, I know they have pressing needs on the defensive end, particularly at the cornerback position, but I would also like to see them add additional pieces on the offensive end for Anthony Richardson. When you look at what's available, where would you expect the Colts to attack in rounds two, three, four, and, and as the weekend rolls on?
0: Well, I mean you still have Joey Porter available. You still have DJ Turner, the cornerback from Michigan available. So I think you gotta look at those uh two players at that at that position which as you pointed out is a position of need. I'm sure they would like to get a receiver, you bring in Anthony Richardson, you better get him some uh, targets to throw the ball to or some additional targets to throw the ball to. I have not taken Tyler Scott at the top around the, top of round uh, three. Uh, it's going to be a good group of cornerbacks in, in, in the second round. It's going to be a good group of receivers in day two, so I think they'll be able to get good players and fill needs.
3: You know, I, I'm just thinking about what – Shane Steichen had last year in Philly and what he has currently with the Colts. I, I hear us talking about this long patience with Anthony Richardson runway. Like don't you think that similar patience need to be granted for Shane Steichen not having what he just had in in Philly there?
0: I think it will be. And I don't think it's a question of patience. the the coach. I think it's, you know, the general manager is on the line here because really since Phillip Rivers, it's been a disaster at the quarterback position for Chris Ballard. And I happen to like Chris Ballard. I happen to think he's a good general manager, but he can't figure out the one position, the quarterback position, which is the most important. So yeah, I would agree with you. I I mean, anybody who took Anthony Richardson had to feel that he had some job security. And who has more job security than a coach that hasn't even coached the game yet so you've got I would absolutely agree with you as far as the head coach is concerned you're gonna to have to be patient with them for two or three years again look what's going on with the New York Jets I mean you got a, a head coach there for two years and hasn't won collapsed the end of last season they bring in a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers if they don't produce this year his third year he'll be out the door
4: Tony, I want to shift towards the rest of the AFC South. What did you think of the decision-making and the draft capital given up by the Houston Texans as their board unfolded last night?
0: I could understand it. I mean, because they have a lot of picks and it's great to have picks, but it's better to have players. I had reported that what I was hearing is they could do the opposite. Take Willie Anderson with the second selection and then move back into the top 10 to get CJ Stroud. They didn't. They did exactly the opposite. They took C.J. Stroud, and they moved back in to get Will Anderson. Uh, You know, they gave away a lot, but I think they got a lot. Uh, And Will Anderson, before the league went quarterback crazy, everybody wanted that impact defensive player. And that's exactly what Will Anderson is. I know his numbers were a little disappointing this season. But they were out off the charts in 2021. They ne- didn't necessarily ask him to do the same things this year, despite the fact he began the year as a Heisman Trophy candidate. Uh, I-, I think it's a great fit for that defense. I think Miko Ryan's is going to have a have a field day with that guy, and they got CJ Stroud, who a lot of us literally up until about a week ago figured was going to be the second pick of the draft to the Houston Texans. And it's just a matter of, you know, like Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis, the Houston Texans are going to have to have a real good quarterback coach, someone who, you know, has got that mightiest touch at the position to develop C.J. Stroud, who has a tremendous amount of upside potential like Anthony Richardson.
3: By the way, last one for you. Where the heck is Will Levis going to play? (laughs)
0: Uh, you know, the word right now is Tennessee. You talk about the AFC South. The word is that Tennessee is one is expected or maybe is the favorite or it, at least in league circles is the team that's talked about to move up and uh, grab Will Levis. But there again, you know, you got to have a good coach and you may not want to rush Will Levis onto the field. Uh, Will Levis, I think, is the prototypical what not to do in the lead up to the draft. He didn't play in the senior bowl, which was a major mistake. He went to the combine, you know, in the cutoff shirt, wanted to show off his big <laughs> muscles and prove that he could throw the ball 80 yards down the field. Well, we all know he could do that, but does he have any touch? Can he throw fade and corner patterns? If someone said to me, you know, Will Levis even in warmups is trying to throw the ball through people. So, and again, I just, when you watch the film, his inability to correctly read defenses, see the field, some of his decision making is why i had him as a 37th ranked player on my board.
3: Hey Tony, great stuff, man. You got it you got it covered from all angles. You're doing great work over there and appreciate you sharing some knowledge today. Thanks
0: for having me. Good luck to Anthony Richardson and the Colts.
3: Thanks, there you Tony. go. Thank you. There he is Tony Pauline, Pro Football Network Draft Analyst. You see that experience matters, Jay Cook. That's what I took away. Uh, I took uh,
4: away. I, I, that was a takeaway. I, I I took that into account. I also took into account the fact that that's another analyst that we've had on that had Will Nyquil Levis as the <laughs> 35th best prospect or 32nd best prospect off the board. So if if we're taking Levis off the table, like if that's what he ends up is being a you know a whatever quarterback, and you go back to Anthony Richardson, I feel even more. Confident in the decision making by the Indianapolis Colts, I do. Like here's the
3: we got to get into this coming up. We got time. We 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 have so many things to get into. This um, you know uh, I want to get into comparisons. Sure, right around the corner. Just the way quarterbacks are compared, and then uh, we also have to do a a little a little uh, crack research on the quarterback whisperer Shane Steichen. Just whispering things that are magical into existence. We have to do that coming up as well. (laughs) I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I dot com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
3: You know, instead of Anthony Richardson, I'm thinking Clay Richardson. What do you think? It's just clay that can be molded right
4: now. It's,
3: you know, it, Brian it feels like an optimistic tone on your part. I like that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Brian, no, and... Uh, jimmy clay cook
4: Yeah. doesn't have the same I, ring to it but hey I,
3: we can go I, with it I, clay richardson i like that uh, Ninety-three-five-one-zero-seven-five. 93.5 107.5 the fan you know i was thinking about this with uh with shane Steichen. listen he, he's got an impressive resume there's no doubt about that and i understand the hope from colts fans is that he'll be able to have similar success with the colts new quarterback anthony richardson i totally understand that The thing is here, Jimmy, while it's not, you know, he's not incapable of that happening, it's like you got to try to recreate the formula that was successful elsewhere, you know? So if you start with the quarterbacks that he's had, talented guys, you know, to say the least, Philip Rivers, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. I wouldn't anticipate Jalen Hurts just going to fall apart this year because Shane Steichen isn't there in Philly. You know, he's a talented quarterback. And then also, it's the supporting casts. You know, the talent that Philip Rivers had around him. The talent that Justin Herbert still enjoys around him in Los Angeles. He's got a lot to work with. Think about what you just had in Philly. In A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. That is a legitimate supporting cast. So, I, I wouldn't anticipate Steichen working miracles until you have a comparable supporting cast and comparable talent with which you can then mold. You know, it's it's not going to take just Anthony Richardson and 393 career college passes and uh, eh, supporting cast. It's going to take a whole lot more to have a chance to be a quarterback whisperer again.
4: You're going to have to build around him. We had these same conversations about Frank Reich throughout his tenure of, of a quarterback whisperer label being yeah. on him. And while I think that Frank Reich looks looks and works great with quarterbacks – Regardless of how talented you are, you can only take the quarterback to as far as their ceiling is ultimately gonna be. And sometimes you don't make that. I look at Andy Reed. Like I think Andy Reid is a beautiful quarterback mind. You look at he's gotten the most of almost any quarterback he's ever had. Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, Alex Smith, Pat Mahomes. Varying degrees of 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 true ceiling there, but You know he's a brilliant offensive mind, and he's the right guy you want to have developing your young quarterback. It's all based on what Anthony Richardson is going to trend out to. I'm not guaranteeing for Colts fans, you're not doing this either, that because Shane Steichen has a good resume of quarterbacks that he's worked with that have ultimately turned out to be top-tier talents in the league, doesn't automatically guarantee that's what's going to happen to Anthony Richardson. So it is. It's a big question mark in that regard. There yeah. is a larger exercise. I know we're up against it, but uh-huh. you've brought back up the point about his pass attempts. And yeah. and I get it. It's a conversation we've had at nauseum today. Mm-hmm. At 2.30, I'd like to revisit that conversation and, and bring up a couple points for why, hey, you know what? Maybe it's not the exercise of panic and dread oh. that Colts fans should have because of that. Oh, dread, panic, worry. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I feel
3: like, I feel like Colts fans are just enjoying a great dream right now. You ever dream at night and it's just going great, Jimmy? Yeah, and, I do. And then you start to wake up a little, and you're like, "Oh no, no, no! I don't want to wake up yet. I just want to keep enjoying this dream." I feel like the guy who's like, "Wake up! You're going to be what late for gonna school." Say. You that's know, what like I was
4: going to say, "That's what you're doing." You're in my hot pan banging on it like, I
3: "Hey, I don't want to be that guy. I don't <laughs> want to be the bugle guy. Like you're in the military and wake up, cold water, and all that." But, dude, it matters. Sure. Like. These quarterbacks that Shane Steichen had, Jalen Hurts in college, 1,047 pass attempts. Yep. Justin Herbert in college, 1,293. Philip Rivers in college, 1,710. He had 1,700-plus pass attempts in college. And A. Rich is – sorry, Clay Rich has 393. Come on, man. Like, it matters. It it,
4: it does, but we'll circle back to why you might end up being wrong at 2.30. Okay. All right.
3: We've got KB, otherwise known as Kevin Bowen, coming up next. He's going to break it all down here with Clay Rich, the Colts, Will the Thrill. Where does he go? I've got a nightmare scenario for you, Jimmy, around the (laughs) corner. I don't know if it's going to come true, but it's, it's a nightmare scenario at least. I'm Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies. Jamming
3: out to something new and everything in between. I'm Brian. No, he's Jimmy cook here on the fan. You know, one way to get me in a bad mood, Jimmy, you have any guesses? I'm guessing it's something musically related. Well, it could be <laughs> definitely could be just blast some Dave Matthews band. I'll get into a bad mood right there. You know, what's funny. I'll tell you a quick story before we get to KB. So I went to ball state and uh, I'm such an idiot sometimes man because i've i played guitar for a while now you know and uh i have a guitar you know how college is you're over at a friend's house and people just show up and uh (laughs) there'd be these girls that they'd be like do you know any dave matthews band and all i had to do was play a chord and they're just like you know mesmerized sure (laughs) and i would just look and be like no that's it. That's that's the whole conversation. <laughs> What's wrong oh, with that? Is that the inside
5: story behind your <laughs> hatred towards Dave Matthews band? <laughs>
3: no, it's not. That it just shows how how strong the hate is for that music is I like
4: I couldn't even bring myself to play a chord for personal gain. You asked me what's wrong with you, my friend. You can't, neither of us, nobody in this room can afford my hourly rate to try to dive into that. I apologize. <laughs> but uh, something else that can definitely
3: get me out of sorts here, Jimmy, is just just text me what the next draft pick will be before it's announced. Blind Rage. Blind Rage. It happened last night. One of my buddies. Oh, by the way, the Lions, they traded up for Jameer Gibbs. Like the shocker of the first round. I knew before it was announced. It's un-American right there, Jimmy. I'll tell you what, if you're one of these low-lives that just spoil draft
5: picks, some of the earth. I'm sorry, because I did it last night, too, in <laughs> our chats.
3: <laughs> I don't remember. You did that, Eddie?
5: Yeah, you must not have been paying attention to your phone by that time. It's
3: good. I, I, I'm glad I don't hate you today. I would hate to hate <laughs> you. I don't hate Kevin Bowen, either. He joins us here. KB from Kevin Inquiry. Uh, KB! any uh, draft picks that you ruined for others or were ruined for you by others?
1: Um, No, I mean, my, um, I was over the complex and, you know, I just give them to, you know, give me all the draft picks as soon as they happen. So <laughs> yeah, when I saw the, uh, the Anthony Richardson pick, I already had something pre-written on it. So it wasn't, uh, you know, too much of a, Oh boy, what am I going to do scramble wise? But I'm not one that, like, you know, I walk up to the podium and announce it. You know, I'm pretty addicted to Twitter, so I guess that's kind of my lifestyle right now. Give me the picks as soon as they happen and let me uh, me dissect it all.
3: Okay, so walk us through that real fast, KB. The number four pick is right there. Colts are on the clock. Could be Anthony Richardson. Could be Will Levis. Like, walk us through your thought process and then your reaction once you realized via Twitter it was going to be... A. Richardson.
1: Yeah, I, I, that was my guess. That was my assumption, I guess, as the week moved along. So, again, honestly, it's more of a uh, like a content behind the scenes. I was like, all right, when do I press publish and just make sure that I have everything right? So, uh, you know, probably when Houston made the pick of, of, of Stroud, you know, that was when the curiosity popped into my mind of like, all right, what's going to happen here at three? Because Arizona was such a unknown, and, and the thought was they would trade out, and obviously they did. You know, Houston making that jump back up to three was was pretty wild. So I think the question at that point for me more was, okay, you know, I think all along in this process we thought Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud would go one and two. And I know obviously a lot of things changed in last week or so, but like that was the consensus for, you know, two and a half months. And then when Will Anderson went, it was like, okay, I think at least I was under the assumption that those three names, Young, Stroud, and Anderson, would go in some order. Obviously, I didn't think Houston would have two of those three picks. And then the question would be Richardson or, or, or Levis. And again, you know, I felt like the Colts um, you clearly had Richardson ahead of Levis. And then I think the rest of the NFL uh, told you what you needed to know about that.
4: Kevin Bowen with us. You know him on Kevin and Query as well as Colts beat writer, host of Kevin's Corner on 107.5thefan.com. You have a story up. Why did the Colts draft Anthony Richardson? You, go, you can go find that on 107.5thefan.com. But kind of perusing it and your takeaways both from the press conference as it happened in real time, why did this happen? Ultimately, why do they feel he'll succeed in Indianapolis?
1: Yeah, I think you start with just kind of the dominant traits. Um, with his running ability, you know, that that stands out. I mean, right away, even if the guy can't throw the ball from, you know, me to you, Jimmy, um, him and Jonathan Taylor will strike fear in an opposing defense that um, the Colts haven't had in quite some time. I don't think fear has been utilized by a defensive opponent of the Colts uh, in years uh, in getting ready for their offense. So, start there. Obviously, the big arm, um, you know, from a big playability standpoint, while he struggles with accuracy around the line of scrimmage, um, he was a fine and, you know, pretty good passer down the field. So, you know, creating some big plays via that um, is something they would love to tap into. And then lastly, Chris Bauer really harped on this last night, but it's a trait that probably was maybe um, the biggest question on a guy like Levis was, what's your poise look like? You know, how well do you process? When stuff around you gets a little muddy in the pocket, Um, how well can you handle that? And, you know, in Levis's case – you know, uh, turnover numbers were pretty high, sack numbers were pretty high. In Richardson's case, while he certainly needs to become a much more efficient quarterback, there's no, no debating that, um, he didn't compound those mistakes with, you know, more sacks or more turnover-type uh, plays. So I think they felt like that is kind of a difficult trait to teach, and they feel like uh, Richardson just kind of naturally has that. I was
3: just being a jerk thinking like striking fear into Colts opponents. Maybe Anthony Richardson can pitch the ball to Jonathan Taylor and Taylor is the guy who can throw it with precision. You know, like maybe that's the fear that's going to take
4: place. I I know. Sorry.
3: (laughs) First thing that went through my head right there. What's the biggest question mark you have for Anthony Richardson at this point here, KB?
1: Well, accuracy is obvious uh, and and obviously you just you just mentioned that uh, you know how much can he grow i mean 53 54% is an ugly ugly number um, i think given his other traits you don't need him to get to like philip river's drew Brees accuracy but you certainly need to get north of 60 um, so that will be a big question uh, will he fall into the josh allen camp or will he be you know kind of grouped in grouped in with you know really everybody else from college football that transition to the NFL and had accuracy numbers like him and not gotten to that level. I think the other question you would have, I guess this kind of goes with experience. You know, I don't really know if we have seen Anthony Richardson in many big time moments. Um, You think about college football in general. I mean, he started for 13 games. Sure. He played in a great conference. They had some, you know, marquee games on the schedule, but they were six and seven in his 13 starts. It's not like they were playing for anything meaningful in the month of November. He opted out of the bowl game. So, you know, what he looks like when, you know, stuff is real, more is at stake, games are on the line, those sorts of questions. Uh, we know how the NFL rolls. It's a league defined by parody and one score games galore. And so um, how he looks in those moments, um, I think will be a question that really all of them, it's a different sort of atmosphere when you get to this level, but C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, in particular, have been on bigger stages. Uh, you know, Levis, you could argue, has been on bigger stages as well. Uh, in Richardson's case, and, and he's kind of admitted this. You know, game that he really circled for him last year was against Kentucky, against Will Will Levis, and he really struggled in that game. You know, he had a big day against Tennessee from a passing yard standpoint, um, but you know, Florida State, he struggled against a rival. So. That would be kind of the other question. And you can just kind of tag that on with experience in general. But what does he look like when the game is on the line? Kev, we
4: obviously don't know yet and probably won't know until... July, August, maybe week one going in, whether or not they're going to take the route of starting him right away or whether or not they're going to sit him for a little bit behind Gardner Minshew. But just for the sake of fun and excitement, let's say that we get the Christmas present early and it is a week one start. And you look at where this offense is right now and you mentioned already the idea of having him and Jonathan Taylor in the same backfield. What are the possibilities for you with this offense? assuming they probably fine-tune it a little bit with the rest of the draft and the picks they have available what's this offense going to look like next year
1: and you are playing out of a scenario with richardson starting correct yeah
4: here. he's week one just for the sake yeah. of argument he's the starter week one that's how Steichen wants to do it
1: yeah i mean unless your offensive line just totally falls apart i i see no reason why you shouldn't be a top five to ten rushing unit uh i think richardson is that dynamic with his legs right away i mean there was zero need to. I mean, we had arguments on Monday mornings about was Matt Ryan the slowest quarterback in NFL history, <laughs> like, and now you have arguably the fastest or one of the fastest quarterbacks in NFL history. So um, the RPO, the read option nature to him and Jonathan Taylor. Um, should certainly give you a really dynamic run element. Now, of course, teams are just going to load the box from day one and say, all right, Anthony Richardson, what do you look like from a thrower? And that is where Shane Steichen is going to have to come into play big time and cater some sort of passing offense um, around him to be at a satisfactory level. Uh, but to the bigger point about just playing Richardson, I'm all for it. I think he needs to play. I think he needs to play very early. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just such a believer in you've got a baptism by fire, these quarterbacks. And, you know, for example, I think a guy recently that you see that is a bit of an unknown and was drafted up a spot higher than Richardson uh, is Trey Lance. And certainly he's had some injuries. But, you know, given the COVID year that he had at North Dakota State and then hasn't really played here in the NFL either, it's like, what is he? Like, he, he just, teams, I think, are so afraid to throw a guy in there. And I think you got to do it. You got to live with the growing pains. And if you go three and fourteen, it's not the end of the world. Um, this is a kid that needs a ton of experience. He needs game reps. And if you have another top five pick next year, not the end of the world. And doesn't mean that Anthony Richardson is some total bust. Uh, this is obviously going to be kind of a multi-year evaluation. And you need to continue to support him with some personnel.
3: Kevin Bowen, Kevin Bowen, joining us here on the fan. Gosh, I feel like Query. Like when Query screwed up my name, I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, I'm not trying to ask an unfair question, KB, but I want you to just ballpark what you think the stat line is going to be for Anthony Richardson in year one as the Colts quarterback. Now, like, let me preface it by this. It's not for like me to say, yep, see, like he stinks. It's not anything like that. It's just, look at Trevor Lawrence, good example in the same division. His rookie season was not good at all statistically. He was really good last season. So with a guy like Richardson who doesn't have a lot of college experience, it's going to be rough. So that's all it is. It's not a gotcha moment or anything like that. It's just what do you think the stat line might look like at the end of the 2023 season for Richardson?
1: Yeah, I think you, you know, mid to high fifties uh, from a completion percentage standpoint. Um, obviously, you would like to see him kind of ascend as the year moves along. Uh, I mean, certainly a touchdown interception ratio you would hope would be you know a little bit more in the uh, in the touchdown favor there. Uh, that was a decent stat that he had. Nothing eye popping by any means, but it was a decent stat that he had at Florida. And then I I don't see any reason why the run element shouldn't transfer you know, pretty well. I mean, obviously it's still NFL-type athletes week in and week out, and that is a different animal, but it's not like he had Jonathan Taylor with him at, at Florida either. So that, that should help him. Um, again, I think from a runoff standpoint, he should have some nice success, but the threat of the passing game isn't really going to, going to be there. So I think that's what you would like to see. Um, you know, if you can steal a phrase from Chris Bauer from a Carson Wentz press conference, You know, making the layups is something that I think Anthony Richardson has got to get better at. That is where he struggled. And, you know, how much of this, you know, drilling with the quarterback coach in the offseason, how much does Shane Steichen, you know, feel like from a footwork standpoint, um, whatever he can get done here in the spring and and, and then training camp can help him in that area. But um, I I would guess something around that. Again, if he starts. I mean, I I Mm -hmm. still don't think it's a slam dunk. I got the impression that they're more open to playing him early uh, than I think most coaches would be. Uh, but if you can, you know, hover somewhere around, you know, Josh Allen's rookie year, which, you know, I venture to put anyone back there and look at the Josh Allen numbers from his rookie year, there's some pretty ugly looking numbers. Uh, you would sign up for that. I, I also think, and I kind of felt this way about the Pacers this season, the Pacers like needed to experience end of game moments. They needed this young core to get used to that. Like Richardson needs to be in those moments. Like, even if they go poorly, like he's got to get used to what that is like at this level. I mean, the dude can't even legally drink. Like he he, he turns twenty one next month. Like he just has to get a taste of that and try and grow and develop.
4: KB, you look at the needs for this team: wide receiver, cornerback, offensive line. Right now, as it stands, one in the second, one in the third, two day two picks for the Colts. Where do you feel they should address out of the gate with that second-round pick? And ultimately, do you think they're coming out of day two with a wide receiver in toad?
1: I would like to um, see that happen. I think a speedy wideout in particular. Um, I think they've got enough tall dudes. I've made the analogy several times. Enough power forwards. Time to get more (laughs) of a point guard in that room to complement what you have. You know, In an ideal world, you would achieve what the Colts did, you know, 11 years ago with Andrew Luck and Ty Hilton. Of course, that's a bit wishful thinking, but you know, Ty's body type, Ty's, you know, what made him so great, I think, is exactly something you need right now, considering what you have in that room to begin with. And remember what Richardson's strength is. It is if he has a strength as a passer, it's certainly as a vertical passer and making plays down the field. So I think you want to go there. You know, I know a lot of people love to see Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. I mean, I'm a mm. huge Notre Dame fan. I mm. love Mayer. I mean, one of my favorite Notre Dame players of all time. But I just think wide receivers are a little bit more scarce and guys available. And I could make the argument that, again, I think that specific need is a little bit more pressing than what you have at tight end. I still think tight end, I wouldn't, like, be mad at the pick, per se. Corner is is certainly a need as well. But, again, I think we've had this conversation before, guys. Support the quarterback. You know, too often, teams just don't do that. And if you look at Ryan Grigson with Andrew Luck, or you go back and look at Bill Polian with Peyton Manning, I mean, we're talking Manning and Luck. And look at those two drafts right after they made that pick. The Manning draft, they come back and they go wide out, wide out, O-line. The Luck draft, they come back, they go tight end, tight end, wide out in Hilton. And then come back on the final day and go running back and wide out. So that is with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. I would think Anthony Richardson would qualify. As someone that needs at least that, if not more of it. So I'm not holding my breath that that is what Chris Howard will do. And if I had a guess, he'd probably trade. He'll trade back like nine spots in round two tonight. Uh, but I would look long and hard at a speedy wideout and then some of those other positions of note. I still think O line. I mean, when I say quarterback support, I think a line falls into that group.
5: Freaking Bowen, man. <laughs> I
1: hear you, KB,
5: and
3: it's the exact opposite of what the Houston Texans are doing, which I think is good news for the Colts. Like, you trade back up to get Will Anderson Jr., who might be really good in the NFL, but C.J. Stroud, to go from the talent he enjoyed at Ohio State to what exactly with Houston? Like I don't know what they're doing over there.
1: Yeah, he's going to be throwing just some wideouts that, you know, he was like, oh, wait, are these the scout team guys? <laughs> no, Ohio these are actually State. my guys, yeah. Yeah, and they tri- they traded away their second, is that correct? Yeah. Uh, in getting back up to number three? Yeah. So they won't pick again. I think they have a couple of thirds. And you know, obviously they are looking at this as very much in a long-term view of it. I mean, they still have a first next year from Cleveland. and uh, But yeah, from a wide-out talent, uh, he's got a great you know young running back there in Damian Pierce, but uh, he's going to walk in there. And uh, Jackson Smith jig by Marvin Harrison Jr. and company, Garrett Wilson, etc. Uh, not going to be there for uh, for him.
3: Man. Well, hey, KB. Hope you enjoyed the rest of the draft. Have a great weekend. We'll catch you soon, bud. Thanks, Kev. All right, boys. Have a good weekend. You too. Kevin Bowen. Kevin and Query. Every morning here. The fan. Yeah, that's... Uh, man. I'll tell you, I'll start with one of the lighter moments here, though is uh, when he's talking about Michael Mayer, who I love, too, as a Notre Dame diehard. And uh, the Cowboys are on the clock, Jimmy. And they're doing this. Man, when I was watching the tape of Mayer, it was just striking how similar he is to Jason Witten. Yep. It almost makes too much sense for the Cowboys to replace Witten and all time. Great. They just lost Dalton Schultz. Like go up there, get Michael Mayer. And they're like, yeah, we'll go with the D (laughs) lineman. Oh, it was so funny, man. How that, how that came uh, about there. But um, yeah, the shrieking moment, um, not with what, you know, KB said, he's right. The man, the worrisome moment is the knock on Anthony slash Clay Richardson is he struggled making the layups I hear that and it's just the sound effect of someone like ah! you know like the nightmare sound effects there sure. Jimmy that's what i hear in my head a guy who struggles to make the layups that's what i'm telling you man like the overrated part of the nfl is the jaw dropping plays those are great but the underrated part is the moving the chains Third and four, guys open, give it to him. You know what I mean? Like, you can't struggle making the layups, especially in the NFL.
4: No, you can't. And again, a lot of that, at least what the Colts feel from their scouting report, is mechanics-based, it's fixable, and you've seen it done in the NFL before. So it's not like that, you know, he's... Like, to Kevin's joking comment about, like, oh, he's not able to hit from me to you, like, sitting in the studio. Like, that. that's not where it's at. It's just right. a matter of developing not only... It's not even as much ball placement from his scouting report as much as it is just consistency on a play-by-play basis. And if it is mechanically based, that would be a good side for me versus the alternative, which is, eh, yeah, we just t- took him with the fourth overall pick, and uh, it's not mechanics based. This is, just, this is who he is, and we can't fix it. Yeah,
3: yeah. Well, hey, listen, man. It's, it's a calculated risk with whoever you go with. That's the way it is. But one thing that is for certain, nobody deferred to the second half. Of the, of the teams no. with the top picks? Like, we were talking about, hey, do the Texans, Did they bypass a quarterback and look to next year's draft where you've got Caleb Williams, Drake May, out of USC and North Carolina, respectively, right? <laughs> they didn't do that. Colts didn't defer to the second half. None of those teams at the top of the draft decided to do that. And we'll see what happens with Will the Thrill Levis because someone's going to get up there and get him in the second round. Maybe it's the Titans? This is the nightmare scenario. Jimmy.
5: But they've already passed on him. They had know, a chance but, at 11.
3: I know, but you can still get players in, in the second round when they're available there, Eddie. You could still get them. Yeah, you know? I
5: know, but what I'm saying is is they already passed on him, so they either A, didn't have a first-round grade, or B, they didn't like him.
3: Well, it doesn't matter. Like Tom Brady got passed for almost six straight rounds, and look how it ended up. Yeah, you but know I, I mean? don't like, think
5: anybody was talking about Tom Brady the way we've talked about Levis, though.
3: Uh, well, like, no, that, Tom Brady was more of an afterthought. But, like, Will Evans has gotten way more negativity than positivity. You've got a few brave souls out there that are of sound mind and spirit <laughs> that, that see that Will Evans is a playmaker. But it's just so trendy. Like, this is the biggest trend by far in the NFL draft is just dumping all over the thought of Will Evans being anything in the NFL.
4: Look, I don't – I'm almost... It's not your fault. It's just... And we've tried to do this a lot. Is Anthony Richardson what moves forward for the Colts and everything. But why I'm kind of over Will Levis at this point Uh is... And Kuyper tried to do this last night. And I get it. I really like Mel. And you haven't quite gone this far. But he couldn't help himself because that's what you're hoping for if Kuyper's evaluation of him is right. He brought up Aaron Rodgers' name. And he said, Hey, Aaron Rodgers was in free fall. Look at that. Okay. There's two ways this goes. Yeah. Either... Will Levis is going to be in the short list of anomalies that went in a free fall, were taken, and turned out to be something special. Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, go to the NBA, Draymond Green. Either that's what happens, which again, is possible, but doesn't happen a ton at that position, or everybody was right, and he has one of the best agents slash PR in collegiate athletics right now. It's one of those two things.
3: I mean there's there are way more analysts that say thumbs down than thumbs up. But I'm
4: not talking about the analysts anymore. I'm talking about the teams. I'm talking about the teams specifically. The teams said thumbs down. But that's Either the, the other teams part. are wrong like the rare occasions that have happened within the league and within sports or oh. everybody was right in their evaluation. That happens more than you
3: think. It really does where you bring up like it seems like Will Levis has been on the board forever. Sure. Like he's been on the board probably comparably he might be the same pick as drew Brees. Uh, w- russell wilson was a third rounder sure you know, tom brady like tony romo's undrafted like the list goes on and on of guys that panned out and were legit franchise quarterbacks that were not top picks not even first round picks so yeah the league has been wrong a lot of times sure and the league's been wrong a lot of times with the top picks to Marcus Russell and that list goes on and on Ryan sure. leaf, whoever you want to throw out there. So that's my thing is nothing was confirmed last night. And I know you set this up the right way, Jimmy, as you're saying either one of these two things is going to play out, but you didn't say, ha, see, had no, it right. All no, the no the NFL no, 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 uh, teams, they know what's up.
4: They and, don't know what's and, up. They're we, just guessing too. And we both agreed on that yesterday, right? That's what it is at the end of the day. You do your scout, you do your homework. It's an educated guess. Regardless of who they yeah. took, it's not a matter of instantaneous correctness. It's not. Right. But we now have to see where the rest of the draft plays out. And just like Anthony Richardson in Indianapolis, wherever Will Levis ends up, you're going to have to see the career journey for where they go.
3: Yeah. No, it's like, listen, a draft day slide for Levis it doesn't confirm anything right, right. about what type of bro he's going to turn out to be. He it still has the nothing. ability
4: to write his chapter, right? Yes. It, 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 it's <laughs> it, it's mainly a footnote at this point, but those are his two branch ways like any prospect right now. you can't. I cannot tell you every NFL team was right. I can't tell you every NFL team was wrong. But they've given you their answer to him through one right. round. How yeah. far does he fall and what does he do after that is the next chapter in his book in the NFL.
3: It does show you two two things that tie to the Colts. You saw the steam, like from a gambling perspective, with Will Leffis. It was insane. Turned out to be completely wrong. The steam with C.J. Stroud right before the draft to be the number two overall pick. It was a crazy amount Mm -hmm. of momentum. And my takeaway is sometimes we equate steam to like, oh, there were leaks within the organization. Someone knew something. Someone might not have known anything. Houston might have been as buttoned up as to what they were going to do with their draft pick as the Colts were. Could have been another Reddit
4: post for all we know. Who knows what
3: (laughs) – but there's been correct steam and really, really, really incorrect steam. So I think it was a good thing for me to check myself and say – Hey, uh, you know, the the steam for Will Levis being number four overall was totally wrong. Give the the Colts credit. And, man, what's going on with the Texans over there? Like, (laughs) C.J. Stroud was minus 650. It's like, some some guys just got it right. It doesn't mean there was a leak within the Texans organization. I don't know. Anyway, coming up next, Jimmy, we get to a a potential nightmare scenario. It sounds like you have stats to throw at me.
4: I do, and... We also have
3: a giveaway as well. Oh, gosh. We got a lot to do here. I'm With Brian, the GNR though. Grand Prix. That's right. You want to see some Grand Prix action? Get on in here. The phone number is...
4: 317-239-107. <laughs>
3: you know, my first number was going to be wrong. Really? I'm from South bat- Bend. I was like, the first number is five, and you just threw out the three. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. It would be 317. <laughs> I'm Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook. It's
6: 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. <laughs>
3: I'm Brian No, He's Jimmy Cook here on The Fan. All right, we've got stuff to give away. You want to go see the Grand Prix? We are your... I don't want to say ticket to go. That's I, I couldn't think of anything else. We, we are your uh, middleman? I don't know. All right, you've got the trivia question there, Jimmy. I hope it's Will Levis related. Maybe it ties into some other phenom who was bypassed and uh, went on to do great things. I don't know. I
4: don't know what you have I, in I, store. I pivoted away from the NFL and went traditional IndyCar. So if you're on oh, the line wow, okay. right now, that's what you're playing with in terms of the type of question I'm going to ask. Okay. All righty. We're going with James first. James, you're up. All righty. James, you ready?
2: Uh, Yes, ready.
4: All right. Ten years ago, in 2013, who won the Indianapolis 500? No,
1: Scott, yes.
4: No, sir. Thank you for the guess. Hang tight. Potentially, we might come back around to you. Josh, let's go to you. Josh, same question. 2013, 10-year anniversary of it. Who won the Indy 500? Uh, e No. No, sir. Dan? Your time to step yeah. up to the plate. 2013, 500 winner. What do you got? Uh,
2: 2013. I'm going to go Tony Canon. Dig,
4: dig, dig. You're a winner. <laughs> you got it, Dan. Let's go. Woo. All right. There you go. Oh. Very nice. Hang hey, tight for us, Dan. Eddie's going to get some information from you. Get those tickets. Thank you, everybody, for playing. Appreciate you. It's going to be. Another exciting spectacle to r G&R Grand Prix, and shout out there to Dan for getting the 2013-8500 question. Now, did you
3: have a Will Levis backup question, just in case?
4: <laughs> I, did, no. I did not have a Will Levis okay, backup right. question. But speaking of quarterbacks, I want to ask you, and, and you presented this to Kevin, so in fairness to you, I want to present it the same way as well. This is not meant to be a guarantee. It's not even meant to be necessarily a gotcha. It's just a pause, and we talk about all the time what could happen from the highest of highs For all these quarterbacks, we've done it all week. So this is not meant to be a gotcha moment, but I want to read to you, Mm -hmm. scouting report from two quarterbacks. I also want to read to you the amount of pass attempts that they threw in college. And I want Mm -hmm. you to tell me based on that information, if you would be like, hey, you know, I probably don't want to take this guy. Or you know what? It's not a big deal. I like what I've read from the positives and we'll go from there. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Number one. Versatile quarterback. Very tough to defend. Shows quick feet. Excellent balance. Smooth dropping back from center. Snappy overhead delivery. Good feel for reading defenses. Weaknesses. Tries to carry the weight of the world on his shoulders too often. Still on still needs to mature as a player. Gets too confident in his ability to run the ball. Tends to get too much into a three quarter throwing motion as the game wears on and his passes kind of lose their velocity. Okay? That is the negative and positive for that quarterback prospect who, for his college career, which was two years long, threw three hundred and thirty two pass attempts collegially. based on that information alone. Would you think that quarterback could be exciting and translate to something special? Or would you say, Hey, I'm not going to take that guy. Well, I would have,
3: it's hard to say just based on the evaluation from somebody else, but just based on that small of a sample size, I would have some concerns sure. about a lack of collegiate reps sure. over there, Jimmy. So I'd have concerns, but don't, don't take concerns as a deal breaker, right?
4: Yeah. And I know you're not saying again, neither of us are saying it can't work out, but you feel, you know, based on your analysis of it, that it likely won't for Richardson, but it could because there's serious issues. I'm going to reveal who that prospect was, but I want to give one more for you as well in this analysis we have here. Looking
3: for a drum roll sound effect. Okay,
4: go ahead. Yep. That was authentic right there. Rare blend of height, strength, and speed. Flashes the ability to zip the ball into tight spots. Quick over the top delivery. Threat to pick up large chunks when he decides to go off and run weaknesses, not proficient at going through his progressions or making NFL reads doesn't anticipate receivers getting open inconsistent accuracy due to poor footwork and failing or assuming falling away, I beg your pardon to avoid big hits that mm-hmm. quarterback from a collegiate standpoint at the division one level through 292 passes in his college career based on again, that scouting report and that, fact of reps alone, how would you feel about that quarterback? Also, did you catch the phrasing there? Phrasing is is key. I mean, it's, it's not my phrasing. It's the scouting reports phrasing from NFL.com, but yes.
3: Yeah. There was a lot of phrasing. I'm not sure exactly which phrasing in division, particular.
5: At the division
4: one. That is, that is key. It's, uh, a, it's a key nugget for who this prospect is specifically. Hmm, Interesting right there.
3: Again, concerns about the small sample size. You know, you haven't had a whole lot of reps in college. That would be a concern.
4: Those two quarterbacks are two of three QBs since 2000 with the amount of or less than pass attempts that Anthony Richardson currently has. In the fairness of the other side of this coin, and to prove to you this was not a gotcha exercise, I didn't read his evaluation because he's still playing and it's not done yet. Trey Lance was one of those quarterbacks. The other two that I read, Michael Vick and Cam Newton. If you're a Colts fan right now and that's what you get at the next level based on lack of reps you are too. kissing the, people in the okay. streets and jumping up and down. That's what I'm okay. saying. If All you right. it, look, Listen to me for a second. Yeah. I know Cam won a national championship, and I know Mike Vick transcended oh. professional football. Those are two key caveats. But both had similar concerns that you're lining out for Anthony Richardson right now. I told you, it's not a gotcha. It's not a that's what he's going to be. But the idea to just look at it through one lens of, well, I would have liked to see him have more pass attempts, does it automatically mean, like you said, it can't happen for Anthony Richardson? That's my larger point. Not that he's going to be that, but that we need to be looking at a larger lens for him. Um, okay, a couple of
3: things here. Uh, Cam Newton won a national championship. He did. He did. With a supporting cast that was not great sure. at all. Sure, That's completely different. He also played at a lower level. And, you know, what was it? uh, Like, uh, I forget the the lower tier college. Yeah, he
4: played Juco. He played played Juco. It was Blinn, yes. It was
3: Blinn. And Michael Vick, he took his team to the national championship game against Florida State and was unbelievable. Sure. Again, small sample size, but that's different than what we've seen from Anthony Richardson. I shouldn't even tell you this story, Jimmy, because you're going to think, oh, this is where it's coming from. It's really not. But I had a uh, vested interest on one old Clay Rich in college against Florida State. (laughs) And his passing yardage, it was like it was under 200. It was like maybe 198 and a half or something like that. 199 and a half. I can't remember, but right around there. First half against Florida State. He is carving them up. He had a couple of long touchdown passes. He threw for maybe about 150 in the first half. And I'm like, this is beautiful. Why did I put more on Anthony Richardson? You know, that sort of thing. And then the second half rolls around. And he isn't completing anything to anyone. Okay, and it comes down to the very end, like final drive. I just need 10 measly yards or whatever it was. <laughs> he throws like a nine-yard out route. The clock is ticking down. I'm like, one more completion, just
4: one, and I'm in. And he couldn't do it, that guy. Now again. You're right. You should have told me that story because betting bad blood is a very real thing. It's a I've real felt thing. it myself. It's a real thing, But but... Before anyone's like, oh, we get it. Now,
3: we're talking like, I don't know, 50 bucks, whatever I had on the game. It wasn't anything crazy by any stretch. So that's not enough for me to be like, oh, that guy. I'll never forget. I'll never forget how Dylan Brooks hit a meaningless three Like right before the buzzer to lose by three instead of to lose by six. Like I'll never forget that based on how crazy it was and the dollar amount was greater. So it's not enough for me to be negative toward Anthony Richardson. But the point remains is that he can do some jaw-dropping things. And then just missing the simple throws, missing the simple plays, that's at play here also. And so to become a much more consistent quarterback while lacking the reps that he does, like that's his entire college body of work. This isn't just Cam Newton at Auburn. Sure. Cam Newton played at a lower level in college, you know? So he's gotten reps. He had reps before the NFL. So it's not the same thing as what we're seeing with Anthony Richardson here.
4: Cam is more of a stretch of a comparison based on the college numbers because, like you mentioned, he spent a year at JUCO. In terms of just the overall stats, box score analysis, and again, I'm not saying, I've stressed this to you a number of times, this isn't a gotcha thing. I'm not saying that Anthony Richardson is going to be the next Michael Vick by any stretch. Michael Vick arrived on the scene at a time where people didn't realize that quarterbacks were able to do the type of things that he did. Defenses didn't know how to operate against him. I'm not, this is a new age of football where he paved the way for this next generation of quarterbacks, okay? He's not going to catch anybody off guard, Anthony Richardson, the way Michael Vick did. But, from an accuracy standpoint, 0.4 percentage difference their final year at their respective colleges from a passing standpoint. My point is, A, we can make stats and numbers, make any argument we want until the snaps are made in the NFL. You're really not going to go other than based on what you projected the quarterback to do. And B, to say that it can't happen, that accuracy accuracy issues can't be fixed, is a objective or excuse me a subjective guess for what his outline is going to be at the next level. And that's just my opinion on it. I think it's unfair to Richardson to say he can't get it fixed. It can't be mended. You don't see it for him when we've seen it happen over the course of the NFL even the last 15 years.
3: Well the other thing is this I always talk about precision. Sure. That's been my word with Anthony Richardson. And with these comparisons here, I'm not going to put it all on a lack of Big-time reps in college. Right. Okay? But there's something there. I mean, there is at least a portion of it where if you look at Michael Vick, never a precise passer in the NFL. He might have had a couple of nice throws, and he did some jaw-dropping things. He was a highlight freaking real. He was sensational in terms of the highlights, but the simple plays, the consistency, his career passer rating is 80.4. Okay? Like, that's not good at all. <laughs> okay, sure. the same thing with Cam Newton. Cam Newton had a brilliant 2015 season. What was it? 35 touchdown passes, 10 picks, mm-hmm. he was the league MVP, they went to the Super Bowl. That was the outlier of his entire career. Okay, he was not a consistently good, consistently strong passing quarterback. That was never his thing. And so, does it tie like solely to a lack of college Uh, reps and experience and throws like no no not solely but partially yeah i think there's something there but i look at those guys and michael vick cam newton they were never career precision passers and that's sort of what i see with anthony richardson i see a guy who he can do some special things he's got some special talents he's gonna make some special plays happen but the amount of consistency i think it's gonna be lacking I don't want that to be the case, but that's what I
4: think it will be. And, and it's a fair argument, and I don't fully disagree with you that initially it will be lacking. My belief in it is that, and again, if if I'm wrong, the Colts are wrong because they've made this hire with Shane Steichen and, and let him, assumably with some cushion, like Kevin Bowen said, be involved like any coach should in the decision-making for who the quarterback's going to be. They've made that selection now. So if I'm wrong, they're wrong in terms of Shane Steichen being able to get the most out of Anthony Richardson. I think he can. I think he will. And if, and I hate player comps. You hate them.
6: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long, live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
4: I hate him. The only reason I brought up Cam and Vic is because somebody had sent me that last night about the passing attempts regarding the history in the NFL and the track record there. And there let me been... guess, it was a Colts fan. Let me let's just take a <laughs> was, wild guess. It was. It was not a Colts fan. It was someone in my family. It was a Chiefs fan. Okay? Really? So, yeah. It was not. It was not I'm a Colts stunned. fan. It was, I, pr- I promise you. But I say that. In all the player comps that, again, I don't care about, those are the type of names that get labeled towards Anthony Richardson. And if he's even close to that, it will have been worth the swing. And when we're looking back on this draft with the options that were available for Indianapolis, there won't be any questioning about the pick they made. It's going to take time, but that's what will play out if it's even close to the amount of highlight comps or ceiling comps they're giving Anthony Richardson right now. You know what? Here's the thing. Uh, let's get to this coming up before we close it down
3: here, Jimmy. We're closing it down in style. Be happy, you Colts fans. Come on. Yeah, yeah, be happy. I mean, <laughs> it's live in Fantasyville over here. It's a glorious day. Um, I, I, we got to close with this because I think it's interesting in terms of there is a, a, a comparison between, however you want to put it, swinging for the fences or going all in, you know? Like, if you put this in poker terms, I, I want to put it in poker terms how it, in reality, will play out. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll explain what I mean right around the corner. I'm Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook. It's 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. I'm Brian, though. He's Jimmy Cook. we got to talk fast because we don't have a lot of time, and I'm just going to keep up this pace, and hopefully you can keep up and you can understand what we're saying right here. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that the whole time. Um, Jimmy, Yeah. before your bets over here, you've been talking about... Uh, you know, being bold. You know, scared money don't make money. Yes, all that type of thing. Uh, by the way, Will Levis would have been the bigger risk. The guy wasn't even a first-round pick. But, but whatever. You know, it's not like you're trying to hit a home run by bunting okay. if okay. you're drafting Will Levis. But whatever. <laughs> but here's the thing with Anthony Richardson. Okay, for this risk to be worth it, you know, it's like poker. If you go all in with say like two ten offsuit. If the people knew it, they'd be like, whoa, what? like you go all in, you flip your cards over before the, the, the flop, and you're like, two ten. wow, okay. Well, Man, that's bold. If you win, man, you got cuts. What a move. If you lose, well, that was stupid. You know what I mean? The only way the swing is going to be worth it for the Colts is if Anthony Richardson is actually good, if he's actually productive. The reason we celebrate two ten is because it worked for Doyle Brunson. It's not because he lost that huge hand and lost the poker tournament. It has to work right. for it to be celebrated.
4: It does. And that's why we've said, regardless of the prospect that was taken, you got to give it time. Got to see where it unfolds. Uh, we had it on uh, Tony Pauline earlier, and he mentioned the same thing. Three years, probably. It's going to be a three-year window. It's going to be a roller coaster. But I'm usually optimistic. I'm excited for it. Colts fan should be, too. It's going to be fun. How about this? This
3: is beautiful. Before your picks, Jimmy. Jim Irsay. Just tweeted, Colts fans, would you take Will Levis at number two if you're on the board for the Colts in four hours from now? He's talking about, you know, second-round pick. And go Montana Young (laughs) for a franchise? So he's like, (laughs) now here's the thing. People are going to laugh at him say, you're crazy. Why would you even think about doing that? That's insane. Like, if quarterback is the most important position in sports, it's not as crazy as you're going to think it is initially reading that tweet. I really don't think
4: it's as crazy as people will say it is. I think Jim Irsay is living his best life, and he knows that his new lane is stirring the pot, <laughs> causing havoc and chaos. And I, while I agree with you, you've seen quarterback competitions happen before. Uh-huh. Not for that kind of value with quarterbacks spent in back-to-back hey. picks by competent franchises. Hey. No, thank you. No you thank know you.
3: what? Washington, they took RG3 number two overall. They yep. took Kirk Cousins in the fourth round. Who yep. ended up being better? Yeah, that's It's
4: fair. And then they both left. <laughs> Well, (laughs) after a while, but... It was a waste of assets
3: across the board. Kirk was the better pick. He he ended up being the better QB. Still playing,
4: still kicking. I'll
3: tell you real fast, Jimmy, before your uh, pick's over here. Uh, This is an ugly potential scenario for Colts fans, is that Will Levis turns out to be the better pro than Anthony Richardson. The nightmare scenario would be if Will Levis is better than Anthony Richardson and a team like the Titans, they're the ones who draft... Will Levis, and you got to face him all the time. You know, it depends right. on where he goes exactly. That would be the nightmare scenario. But we got some picks to do. Let's dive in. The Jay Cook
4: plays of the day.
1: This is me, all right? I'm not a athlete. This is my way this is how I win
4: today's plays of the day all NBA playoffs gonna scoop the four and a half for the Memphis Grizzlies tonight in LA against the Lakers in that same game gonna take over 24 and a half for Anthony Davis and I need game six James over 26 and a half total points for LeBron James also over 31 and a half total points for Steph Curry I'm stubborn like that Eddie what do you got for us
5: I haven't really looked. I was going to all say right. Clay, whatever it is, because Game Six Clay. But that's all sure. I got. Ah, sure.
3: I like that Game Six Clay back at home against the Kings. I want to see Game Seven. Come on, Sacktown. Town, let's go force a Game Seven. How about De'Aaron Fox playing with the broken fingertip? Incredible. I love that. Gutting it out. That's beautiful, right there. And uh, your boy LeBron. Game Five, LeBron. Nothing right home <laughs> about.
4: He was brutal yeah, last game. It was rough. It's painful. The age showed. Looks old. He does look old. Yeah. Turn back the clock, game six, move on to the semifinals.
3: You know who looks and sounds young? JMV coming right on up to break it on down. Everybody enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the draft. We'll catch you soon.
6: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.